Can you stream? Hey, what's up, baby cakes? <laughs> can you stream from Twitch just from Twitch, or do you have to have some kind of software downloaded? What do you mean just from Twitch? Like, does Twitch have no. built-in yeah, no, streaming? You need, you need Streamlabs. Okay. Twitch is just like a hosting site. Okay. Are you speaking to your mic? Yours is like way turned up from last yes, time. Yes, ma'am. Not yours, dude. Check. What? Yes? Hi. Hi, guys. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guys. All right. Fuck yeah. <coughs> what up, Ghost Fam? How's everybody yeah. doing tonight? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, The Ghost Show. I'm your host, uh, Little Ghost Ari. Got Zephyr. Shouts out, send, send five word. What up? We out here in the cut. We got Braden. <clears throat> that's his intro. There <laughs> we go. That's fucking. That's pretty um, slow. Out up in the seven seven five. What's up with the cut? Let's go. We just talk like like uh, was it like radio show guys, but like DJs. We're over in seven seven five. We're gonna get the song next. We're gonna play the song. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what a DJ does. What? Usually, like. Alrighty then. No, not that kind. Welcome to 775 Reno. We're here in the cut. Not that kind of DJ. The fucking, like, uh. The fucking like a club dude. DJ? What? Like a club DJ? No, the fucking guys from. Like, black DJs. Hey, hey yo, it's in the songs, that's his. Oh, like a fucking. Okay. Yeah, dude. And then they just go. You wanna check this shit out? Alright, cool, bro. And they just fucking play. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, cool, bro. Twitch That's song. Name? What's your Twitch handle? Go to my website, use link. Post the link in the story. And then put a finger at it, like doing this. Because people <laughs> like when people point at things, <laughs> tell them how to do things. Yeah. yeah point somewhere do, do, when, do, you tell them, when you tell them to. To whatever, whatever you're gonna tell him, just point to a corner of the screen. Yeah, just point to an opposite corner of the screen. Point to some corner of the screen, and he's not gonna edit in any kind of a link, <laughs> and it's gonna be funny. <laughs> Are you struggling with my website? Yeah. <coughs> no, I found it. All right. How's your website no, going, calling. buddy? Well, it's not like yeah. anything to keep up with, I guess. Yeah. <coughs> Is that Jakey boy? No, that's my brother. Did he apologize for all the times he was mean to you? No. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping he was apologizing for all the times he's... How do you post this on to Instagram? Do you just copy and paste? No, there's a... Like, button. Um, I'm not seeing it. Can you only... You might be able to only do it if you're the host. Because I can't share it. I can't. I can't go on Instagram at all. This is from oh, it's Twitch. Yeah. So just copy the link. Copy the 
Yeah. It's like forty nine popular and then go to it's gonna go to school. Yeah, I wish it would make it easier but they don't they don't really care about people that have a lot of connections. They just care about people that already do. They don't want it. They don't want them to like ease abuse into it. Yeah. Like you can put all your own you have to like build in things to do it. You have to like use HTML or you have to like download other people's stuff. It's pretty weird. It's it's kind of dumb. It's not like built into Twitch. It makes it kind of nice if you want to customize your stuff, but it's it's really fucking stupid if you can't. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <clears throat> fuck off. Get the f- get no. Get the fuck. How often do you yell at your phone? Because I do it all the time. <laughs> it wasn't doing dude, I what yell, I wanted. I know, it to. dude. I yell at my phone so often because it it constantly does the you dumb know what? shit. Look at it. I just had a thought. Quit. Hi, we're here on Twitch. Hi, Hi. here on I'm Twitch. Pretty gay. Get on Twitch if you're on Twitch. Check out the Go Show. Let's go. Why don't people just invest in ideas that they like? You know how there are like cryptocurrencies. Their NFTs and stuff. Like, why don't people just invest in an idea? Like, you could put like, whatever, like pro life or pro choice or pro f- this, pro that, and then that stock could gain value in money that could be invested and spent on things related to that thing, and it would get proportional investment to what people care about. How could that be developed as a technology? And does that make sense? It is kind of like campaigns. Campaigns are kind of based off of that yeah. stuff. But like like you're saying, like a direct stock. Yeah. Like the anti abortion. It's like coin. more direct. You don't have to deal with any of that. You just have to create a Bitcoin that's like based on that yeah, thing. Yeah, based on that ideology. And then people And can built like buy into the Bitcoin is like some amount of it is re- is invested in those kinds of projects or something and that'd be in the No, like literally buying the coin invests into that whatever they do. Like if you buy, if you made a coin that's like, kill kill babies, like the abortion coin. <laughs> means like this yeah. is the kill kill baby kill coin. Baby coin, the dead baby coin. Dead baby coin and <laughs> yeah, DVC dog. <laughs> the DVCs. We should totally. Dude, DVCs, DVCs are tanking right now. Oh no, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I shouldn't have put all my fucking cash into de- <laughs> dead baby. Oh, coins. I should have actually got an abortion oh, instead shit. of putting my cash into. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna have to raise this fucking thing, son of a. Oh, bitch. I knew I shouldn't have gotten an abortion. <laughs> but too bad I've lost so much money in tanking dead baby coin. Oh, I knew abortion was a bad idea. Wait, is is dead baby coin to like free dead I babies played. or is it to promote like the more people have abortions, the the higher it would the like DBC be like goes? if you invest in this coin, the the uh, assumption is They're gonna try to make profits specific. They're gonna try to make profits specifically off of companies that are doing something. Blah blah blah. They're gonna hire vigilantes to come with hooks and run around and find pregnant women and just just (laughs) yank it out. Just yank that. Yeah, I swear that's what like Republicans. You just form a whole (laughs) currency like based off of like one. You could probably tank the planet. Like if your currency, like if you had an idea that's dangerous enough that people like. Imagine, like, hey, if yeah. you invest in this coin, we will rob people for you, and we will re-divide the money across. Like, just like a Robin Hood coin, we will create a group of bandits to rob the rich, and we will reinvest that money into this coin. 
but you need to give us just enough money to be able to steal from these people. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that would be a that would make sense though, because that would be like a return on investment. So that hundred percent, his harebrained scheme actually would work. But um, but that's the the general idea is like, I just now had this thought. It probably does. It's probably stupid because no one's doing it. But no, that doesn't mean implement. it's stupid. That just means no one's thought of it yet. Uh, I think it's kind of sure smart. Someone's thought of it now, just because of everything that's going on. I couldn't well, be the I first am, person to have. I can tell thought. you, I've already invested half of my my wealth into Robinhood coin and Dead Baby coin. Very good. <laughs> yeah, DBC is the next GBC. <laughs> the, <laughs> the next meme coin <laughs> is. What does Robinhood have to do with stealing? Is that actually what that's for? No, that's just a Robinhood is just like the app for digital no, currency. Yeah, he's invested in the Robinhood coin, and yeah, it's a bunch of vigilantes <laughs> that are stealing money. Robinhood was originally a character who stole from the rich and gave to the I poor. I know who fucking Robinhood is, but it's like it's like a digital, it's like a uh, digital oh, you're currency saying, like, wallet. Why, yeah, like, why do they have a thing called Robinhood for digital? Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I'm why is there an app called Robinhood? But is, so there's no Robinhood coin. You're just fucking, fucking... No, I'm saying there should be a Robinhood coin where okay. the whole, like, architecture okay. of the coin is based on supporting people who steal from the rich and give back to the poor. Right. Which is... I, I mean, fully endorse that idea. Someone invent Robin Hood coin, yeah. steal from the rich, and give back to the poor. Who's going to do Let's that? steal from the Who's bad rich, please. Who's going <laughs> to do from it like the good rich. Like, what? What do you mean, who's going to do it? You have to have like, some dude that's... Cyber in. hackers. Yeah, that's what it would, who it would be, is cyber yeah. hackers. But how, like, obviously, if they could do it, they'd be doing it all the time. They already do, but they that's do it for they selfish did with, reasons. Like, PlayStation Network had that Yeah, they just scandal. did it to Lex Friedman. Well, not him specifically, but, like, a thing that he uses just got... Act. You need like six hundred terabytes of information on there. Oh, so because these pe- these cyber hackers have a cause, like it makes more sense. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, what is the cause? The and we're funding mask? it. What's the mask guy? Vendetta, V for Vendetta. Uh, I don't know. Anonymous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bunch of like internet fucking goons ga- gathered together and became <coughs> anonymous or whatever. Whatever happened that is. to anonymous? Well, it's decentralized. It's never like a thing. It's always just whatever the message is, is anonymous. Everyone is anonymous. If you have right. a message, you can put on the fucking mask and say it to people. But there are, like, dedicated accounts to people who have the most following in anonymous. And there are people who started it. But the whole principle of it is it's completely supposed to... There is no leader of anonymous. It, it is whoever bears the mask. Yeah. Bruh. Is this like ex- <laughs> is this exclusive to the internet? Like I- internet fucking, uh, what were they called? Stone Mason, Mason, whatever, f- whatever. The Mason, Freemasons, Freemasons. Is this like the is this like the internet version of Freemasons? I never honestly. <laughs> People think it's like the Illuminati, but it's like they're like anti-Illuminati. They would be like the antithesis of the Illuminati, the apotheosis. <laughs> Do you understand now, Zephyr? 
Jesus. Except sure. that, as soon as that word sounds, Except that the Illuminati, means Illuminati like is like, there's no evidence that they exist. It's like, could be a totally made up thing. I think there is evidence that they exist. It's just not evidence that they currently exist. What does that mean? I wonder why. There's well, undiscovered evidence that they exist. <laughs> yeah. There's evidence we just haven't found <laughs> it yet. No, no, no. There's evidence that they exist, like, in the past. Like, historically, oh, the there have been Illuminati or whatever. Like, that's a real word. That's a real reference to a real thing. Yeah, that exi- they would, like, the Illuminati existed in, like, the Knights of the Templar. Like, in, like, bef- like the Dark Ages. I, I played Assassin's Creed 2. So. Yeah. Like, that's, like, there. it's, like, loosely based on, like, real things, which is, like, really creepy. Like, there, there's, like, even references to, like, Illuminati existing in, like, Egyptian culture. Like, they were the ones who illuminated things. <coughs> I wonder when that they were that the path to knowledge and light terminology like that specific group came because I feel like the torch has been passed on down. I think the Knights Templar stemmed from like Greek time. Well, I guess G- did Greeks it have e- to be a Christian thing? Did Greeks any? G- well, no, but it was passed down pre pre fucking Christianity. Like the Egyptians were part of like they had secret. Well, yeah, every government has secret police. <coughs> However, though. the Illuminati, if they were part uh like, so a lot of people, the hypothesis is that the Freemasons passed a certain degree, so a certain amount of, like, financial influence or investment into... The Knights Templar wasn't exclusive to Christianity. It was... The Knights Templar is a transition between, like, a secret organization that existed totally pre, like, the Crusades and all that. I'm going to Google it just because I I'm curious, so. but... Kind of side note, but slightly on the same thing. You you guys can just, like, buy, like, Roman coins online. That are, like, real? Cheap, yeah, ancient Roman coins. Because, like, Rome is failing as a state. We had so many (laughs) Roman, we have so many Roman coins. The thing is that, like, they're painstaking to clean, so you can buy them for dirt cheap. And if you clean them, they're worth, You just have to clean them. I don't know if they're worth a lot after you clean them, just because there are probably a ton of them in the world. But really? you can just get for pretty cheap, just like a couple bucks a coin, you can get, I, I think it's just mostly like bronze alloys. I feel like they could just a lot of bronze sell you coins. dirt and you wouldn't even know. Yeah. There's like a clump if, of rocks. If they're selling like, these for like pennies on the dollar, then what are they actually? Well, I've watched videos of people cleaning them off. You do have like, at the end, you have yeah. like <laughs> this green. No, I'm saying you like you could get totally scammed though, is what I'm saying. You like, a coin for a couple of years. No, not even that. I'm saying there's no coin. Like people could just sell you like a fucking clump of dirt. And be like, there's a coin. Well, it, was, it would be cool. Though, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I came up on YouTube and I watched a bunch of different people who were cleaning Roman coins and then explaining <clears throat> with from their knowledge because they were obviously dorks, like what era this came from and when this was minted. And they can even tell you like to what city. And they were showing you like the references they used to figure out. Like they can tell you. It was really interesting <coughs> to watch. Just carbon cool. dating. No. Were they that nerdy? <laughs> they weren't that nerdy. Okay. They, no, they look at the stamp on the coin, and they'd have like some kind of reference guide, whether it's on the internet or in some That's kind of book. That's actually pretty cool. And I they like were really knowledgeable, so they'd be like, this is what all the symbols on the coin mean, and this is the year and the city that it was printed in. They could tell you stuff like that. Did it was the coi- really cool. Are the coins like numerically numbered? Yeah. There are unique. They're unique. So you Just like get, our coins are today. You you could, they like, could tell you exactly when and where it was printed, if it's a good get, enough coin. Is it Roman numerals? 
You can get because <laughs> yeah. if that is coin it, comes it, with a fucking one on it, I'm gonna or like a six, yeah. I'm gonna be a little bit suspicious. No, yeah, like a no. barcode. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, there are they don't think they had barcodes back. Then. I just learned recently that they're dirt cheap. You can buy them online. Yeah, as like a QR code, you can <laughs> yeah. scan it with your phone. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. If it's actually if it's actually a thing, I feel like someone could very easily just. Fake that. Fake an entire. Fake an entire. Uncle Bean Guy says Molaminati. Never heard of Molaminati. Molaminati. What the fuck are you saying? He's Moly, and he's he's in the Molaminati. Like the mole people. That's what. That's what they are. What's his name? How's it spelled? Uncle Bean Hey, Uncle Bean Bag. Thanks for the name. Thanks for um, the, the rabbit hole. I'm gonna the YouTube rabbit hole that's gonna pop What is Malaminati? Explain what the fuck you're saying. It's like Anyways. it's a fucking joke. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just moved on for sure. He has any sense. <laughs> no, he dude, has like, two brain cells to rub together. He's out of here. If I like my most prized possession would for sure be a Roman coin that's minted D C L X V I. A six hundred sixty-six Rome, yeah, Ro- yeah. The six hundred and sixty-six Roman coin. What are they called? Roman coins? Or were they? Did they say what they were called? Grech. I think they're just Roman <laughs> coins. Just clunk coins from like antiquity, yeah, classical antiquity. Yeah, like a cool name. Like what Rome, they call them back Roman then, coin. though. They, call um, they didn't call them Roman. I only, coins yeah, yeah. Rome. You're right. I only know what they're called. I know Cisterti or something like that. Right. Cisterti. Oh. I think okay. you're Roman coins and then drachme or Greek coins. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Dude, I want some drachme, bro. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, dude. I bet. But that's the thing is apparently there are tons of these fucking things. And it's just that, like, they're very time consuming to clean because you have to actually, like. It's so silly. Well, they can, you can make your own coins, right? Back then. There wasn't, like, a mint. Like, they're there pounded. was a mint, but, they're like. pounded into copper. Yeah, but, like, if you had your own copper, well, you could pound, like, your own yeah. coins. Well, every city would pound know. their own coins. During the, like, the Roman Coins Empire, tended to be made locally. Currency was, currency was, like, super well-developed by the Roman Empire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, Exactly. Though, Policy, like, and they, y- they understood copper, it was abstract though, at that point. If you had copper, you could easily pound your own coins. Maybe. You just have to get, you just have to, like, fucking steal someone's stamp. Or they stamp it. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be way easier to counterfeit coins back then. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I, people couldn't even In fucking read. In between fucking People heart. couldn't even read. They'd be like, that. Uh, trust me, dude. And they'd be like, I guess. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. The government was always like, I bet the government was in control of the production of, like, copper because you have to, tin was For a rare, sure. super rare material. So if you want to make bronze... Like, you'd have to get that imported. And the Rome was getting a lot of it from, like, places like Britain and stuff, which is far flung. Imagine yeah. being black during the Roman Empire and getting, like, arrested. You couldn't even get shot. <laughs> you just get stabbed to death. <laughs> they just pull out their swords. I wonder if that was a thing. I wonder if that long ago... <laughs> Do like the police still hate black people? <laughs> yeah. like, it's, just, it's just, like, like why people just hate Jews we for st- no reason. I think we were just strictly like the on Jews history. in the Roman era. We were, like, strictly no Jews. But Jews were black because they came from Egypt. But they didn't in reality, though. But they came from Jerusalem. But they yeah, they lived there for no, dude. 
It didn't even actually happen. They didn't no, like, it There's to no actual genetic like evidence of that or history really? of that. There've been no. They've just always been living in in there. You're watching area. too much oh. SJW channel, dude. No, that's in the Bible. A lot of people think that there's like yeah, that like actually Abraham happened. Shit, there's yeah. no historical evidence for that. Yeah, they always the just were living pissed off about it. I mean, there might have been some <laughs> <laughs> some Jews were probably taken slaves as Egyptians, but like I don't know. There, I don't know of any. Uh, this is just what I heard. There was a big university in out of like Tel Aviv or Jerusalem that went on this long excursion into the wilds to find any evidence that there were ever Jews in Egypt. Like the Egyptians never wrote about it at all. It's not in e- they, any Egyptian record. They had at all. slaves. They just weren't sure if they were. But the idea that like they overthrew the Egyptians with magic and then Do ran across and found right. their promised land—that's all crap. Like they always one lived guy there. Named Moses just made up a bunch of shit <laughs> in Jerusalem. He's like, guys, we he just found a bunch desert. of desert we people. Free our people. I am the sole survivor here of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> then he didn't or save the people, though. Yeah. It's like, well, I tried, <laughs> but there the was like a sea thing where we parted it, and <laughs> you know, like it got a little messy. You parted in time. Yeah, the whole sea. <laughs> Fucking walk straight through. No, he probably said, like, no, I just walked from Egypt and to hear, and they're like, there's a sea between here and Egypt. And he's yeah. like, you just make I parted anything. it. Yeah. <laughs> God came, like, they were chasing us. And I was just like, God, please give me the power. And the waves just told him. <laughs> <That's, Yeah. laughs> could you imagine if the entire... Like, if you went back in a time machine and you just watched this fucking, like, street urchin lie to the entire Jewish people and they just bought it, and you're just like, that's why we have Christianity? Like, could you imagine? I mean, that's probably, like, more or less what happened. Could you imagine, though, like, that's what happened, though? (laughs) Some dude named Moses. Someone did something really cool and the story grew over generations because they would tell them, you know. He, like, created, like, a wave and people were like, whoa, that was a really big splash. And it yeah. just like grew into like he parted the seas. <laughs> he <laughs> he have seen a, it. <laughs> he threw a heavy rock in it. He was showing some kids that it makes a cool sound. Plop. Yeah, it's like he parted the seas, and we all ran free from the Egyptians <laughs> and their alien technology. <laughs> <laughs> that part's like taken and put in like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Their alien <laughs> technology they used to levitate blocks and build the pyramids. <laughs> Could you imagine though? What if you went back in time and you saw that shit though? Like you saw Moses lying to all the Jews, and but then you also saw Egyptians just going oh, like through like sound technology, like levitating these <laughs> ten ton stones, and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> oh shit! And then some like aliens is like, Zoom, like flies right by and spits on everybody. <laughs> Dude, what if aliens made zoom sounds? Sounds. Zoom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, they probably speak. fly past you real quick. Yeah. Like a zoom sound. Oh, dude. I hope aliens are cool as fuck. They're probably silent, dude. They're, They're just like. They don't have mouths. That's just exactly what aliens sound like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they make no. They Their particles just reassemble in the next place that they want to be. There's no movement of air. They're just inside mushrooms. Yeah. Well, among, among many other things, yes. Yeah, I feel like if they got advanced enough, you could <coughs> definitely just become part of, like, the quantum ether. 
that makes up reality. And there's like probably like a many layers deeper of like whatever this is made out of that they are like trying to control and understand. And then we're just here like existing as like parts of their thoughts. Aliens probably have their own aliens too. And they're probably worried about the next layer down thing. That's (laughs) looking at them. (laughs) Oh, dude, I do not want to know what aliens are scared about. Yeah, I just don't. (laughs) 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 Bro, that would be the worst. (laughs) They're like, there is a devil, but you don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know if we're capable of. If we think aliens are the craziest fucking thing, you can't really even imagine what they think is the craziest thing. That's it. That reminds me of a thought that I like used to th- like bug me at night in college was if you think about like just the universe, right? And you have like this like infinite expansion, but it's expanding in well, technically it's not expanding into anything. It is just its entirety. But whatever boundary of the expansion that exists, the outside of that, the other of that which is non-existence, what is that like? How vast is it? Is it different? Is it made of different things? So the 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 outskirts of the, not even the outskirts of the universe, literally the, the parts that are unbounded to the universe, the, the, the framework in which the universe expands into, what is that made of? And is it made of stuff that can mm-hmm. be understood, but just not resonant inside of our universe. It's made of nothing. Depends on how you Depends if there is more other universe stuff, or yeah. if our universe is the only stuff. Right. Or there are more universes. Maybe if there's, stuff. say, multiverse theory is, is, like, say that you travel into a black hole, and there's another universe on the other side, like, whatever that theory is, where every black hole is, like, Another the portal to another universe, like the expansion of another. That the all of the universes that are contained within that system are part of some bigger universe, right? Yeah. And most of them are gay. <laughs> yeah. There's not well, shit going on there, and your atoms fall apart when you go there. Here's where the idea gets really confusing. Maybe. And probably improbable and un- and impossible, right? So I go to this idea to just frame it for the the context of the thought experiment. You can't teach an ant calculus. Calculus exists, at least to us. There's some framework for which we can understand things through this thing we call calculus. You cannot teach this to an ant, but an ant is subject to its forms, subject to its its structure, right? Ants do death spirals. These things can be calculated through calculus, right? They can you can understand them almost, in, and you can almost in, entirely understand an ant's behavior through just calculus itself. Like they're so predictable. They're like little robots. And, but for whatever reason, you can't, no matter how hard you try, ever get an ant to conceptualize calculus the way you do. Now, what level of stuff or things that exist or of knowledge is inaccessible to humans based on that like same principle? Now, expand that, that same concept, right? When we th- so we go back and going back to multiverse, let's think of an infinite scape of multiverses where everything possible exists, an infinite number of times in an infinite number of variety of ways. 
Now let's just add the axiom that the impossible exists. Conditions in which things that we can't understand also can take place, and they may be paradoxical to us, but let's just assume that impossibilities, like SpongeBob being a living entity in its own universe, exists. Or that up and down equate to the same thing, two and one can also can be the same thing, the, the boundaries for which we understand mathematics just dissolve, and other things that would be rationally impossible can exist in this space. And then you create a framework. So you, so you have what exists, and then you create a bound beyond that, which is what can exist within this space. And then you say, everything else to that is just unknown, the unknowable, things that are beyond which can't exist, like the impossible and the possible. Right, and then you you go infinitely in these bounding directions. Now, this idea approaches the the, the thought process of this idea is to uh, to try to assume what is the most unknowable thing, what is the thing that cannot exist the most. Something that no matter how hard you try to explain it, get to it, define it. There is no thing that it is. You will never get anywhere. Even the conceptual framework for getting around this concept is impossible. And what space does that exist in, and what is that? And I think that's what aliens are trying to figure out. (laughs) 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 Well... I got real yeah. fucking high when I thought <laughs> that, and in college I was just lay away. How advanced are these? How advanced are these aliens? They don't. Ha- it doesn't even have to be that advanced, right? Well, it seems pretty advanced. The, like, be it, what the problem is, it's beyond our comprehension. Anything beyond our comprehension is technically by, the unknown by nature. Not necessarily. It's beyond comprehension, but not beyond comprehensibility. Uh, like not even like the prop the probability. What did you say? Probability? Comprehensibility. Comprehensibility. It's 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 that it's not. So even things that are beyond our comprehension, like how AIs work, we can still build them and interact with them. I'm talking about something that's so far beyond any level of that, that literally the me talking about it is pointless because I'm not actually getting closer to explaining what I'm talking about. I think it's almost like every direction that I would point you in to go find this thing is the wrong direction. That thing doesn't exist because you can't talk about it. Yeah, but if you if you so we we asserted that there's an axiom where things can be paradoxical. So the impossible can exist, just not in the way we understand it. And now I'm talking about a thing that's beyond that, many magnitudes further. Sure. So it gets more and more impossible to talk about. It's already impossible to even get close to something that's kind of like it, but there is nothing that's kind of like it. There is no thing, right? Yeah, it's nothing. You're but, talking about nothing. <laughs> but there is something that's sort of kind of like what I'm trying to get sure, to. Sure, yeah. But nothing, is it that thing? I don't know. Nothing is still something. It's just, it's just nothing. But nothing is not something. Yeah, nothing is nothing literally is not can't something. Be, nothing yeah. can't be a thing. Depending That's on how is, rigorous though. the nothing definition is. Nothing ain't something. Nothing, nothing is absolutely a thing. There's, it's a noun. There is so <laughs> there's such a thing as nothing. That's why we can say it. That's why we have the words for nothing. No, nothing. But we is don't have the analog exists. for nothing in reality. 
We have the word because it's not part of reality. It's part of nothing. It's part of yeah. Not that's what reality. we're saying. It's not a thing. Yes, exactly. But, but it it's but a that's, thing that's in the that we can of, say that it's not a thing. But it's a paradox of that's nothing, what I said. Right? It's a as noun. soon as you say it's a thing, it's now a thing, and nothing can't be a thing. So you can't. It's approach no it. thing. Yeah, and you're it's saying impossible. it's something. It's not even possible to talk about, but it is a thing. <clears throat> no, it is as no thing. As soon as thing. you assert that it's and a you're thing, it can't it's something. <laughs> it's like the opposite of like <laughs> witnessing a. But wait, something conceptually the... existing, like the number zero, like zero as a concept, like zero as a quantity, does not exist. Nothing as a quantity does not exist. It certainly exists as a concept. But cons. That's the thing that I'm trying to... Well, nothing in that sense, yes, I agree. It, nothing can exist as a concept because you're not defining it as a thing. You're defining it as a parameter of understanding. Yeah. So so it, you're not saying that there's anything apart of nothing, but you can, like as soon as you start saying nothing is a thing, that's where you run into a problem where it's like, it's for real. And it's like, but it's not. But you can say that it's a concept. However, what I'm trying to get at is you can't even say it's a concept. And that's where it gets and, – and not saying it's, it's a concept. Not, it's just like the layer beyond the impossible. That's just that layer. And then there's millions and millions of infinite numbers of layers on, on scales of infinity that get infinitely larger uh, in terms of the number of contradictions or t- types of things that can or cannot exist in, in this paradoxical fucking nonsense soup. The omniverse. And I think that's where the ancient ones lie. The ancient ones probing around in that omniverse. I, th- I believe in, like, I don't know if I believe in a god, but I do believe in ancient ones. Ancient I don't know ones. what it is, but they are there. <laughs> the ancient ones? <laughs> yeah. They're out there? Yeah. Floating around and shit? They're just, like, not even a part <coughs> of any of it. They become They're a just, fabric. like, yeah. They, like... It's actually kind of, like, a concept that I was exploring in, like, the storytelling for the video game that I want to make is like you have like the gods and the demons, right? In this like universe style thing, sort of like Bethesda has like the Daedra and like the, the deities. And but then you have the observers, or you have the ancient ones, which are like people that created it but aren't a part of it. And then you have just the observers, which are the most mysterious force in this world. They don't interact with it, they just observe it. And you don't know why. And you don't know what they're doing, what their plans are. Why, why, why are you interested? Do the, and, but there is no concept of them pulling strings or doing anything to change it. I don't it. think anyone's here observing. What? I don't buy it. You don't buy the observers? I don't, I don't buy the aliens in general. I'm like, man, those are birds, dude. <laughs> they're just Shit's birds. Shit's birds, bro. Bro, dude, if, there's, if a fucking pigeon was like, my spaceship i would (laughs) (laughs) i'd be like no i don't want to go to this planet (laughs) pigeon smoking a cigarette um yeah get in my spaceship (laughs) get in my spaceship (laughs) come on you little bitch get in my spaceship i'll give you a back wing if you don't get in my spaceship Okay. It's like flipping a coin. Do you want to see Bird World? Do you want to see Bird World? Can I get another drink up in this motherfucker? Yeah, they're in the fridge. Alright. Um. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, dude? Like, what is like? I think like 
clearly it's a foolish pursuit to even try to like get close to this idea, but for some reason it doesn't feel foolish. And maybe that's like the the pushing the boulder up the hill idea. But I think this unbounded space, the space in which things can't be bounded, is is where well all you all can, you can talk about is the boundary. No, you can you can all that you as a human being yeah. can talk about is the boundary. I can. You're incapable by nature of what you're saying. You're incapable of talking about the thing that you're talking about. Yes. Even the approximation of the thing. All not, you're doing is you're, no you're you're hitting like you're at the edge of the universe and you can't go any further. You're not allowed. How fucking annoying. <laughs> you're not you're like <laughs> Let me in. You're like that fucking meme that Eric on Instead of be like let me out. I mean, literally, that's what it would be like to be at the edge of the simulation. The rules could be so dramatically different. You wouldn't even be able to conceive it. Especially if the simulation is purely, like, based in, like... What, so, think about it this way. Like, you know how we have hardware? And that's, like, the physical thing. And then the software is just this thing that's kind of, like, virtually doing something in the hardware. But... In reality, that's actual still like actually still like mechanical movement. It's still atoms and it's still quantum fields kind of doing a thing, right? What what if you get so advanced that there is a civilization that can create literally virtual reality, not like what we think of, but like a literal virtual reality, things that aren't a part of reality, the the yeah. physics and the things that like they're literally can't exist in the reality, but they can still have domain over it and control it from this reality. And you just get this fractal shit going on. Does it, I wonder if it, get, it mu- probably gets lower resolution every layer down. May, well, I wonder if that's true. Uh, be, but only if it's subject to the same rules we have now. But if you're creating a virtual space, those the, the rules of our physics no longer apply. You I can just wonder if you can make the virtual space a level down the same fidelity and resolution as the world you're in. In 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 computer simulations, no, you can't because there is a fundamental like mathematical principle that says as you get lower down, you can't actually create that much information. You you're always gonna have less information capabilities. That's what but, I would ex- assume. But what I'm saying is literally stepping outside of the domain of our physics and being able to manipulate things that are what would be literally virtual reality. Not virtual reality, like digital reality. Virtual reality. But in this layer. Not in this layer. You'd be in a different thing. There would be, there wouldn't be, there was, there's not technically even a part of the universe anymore. But the physical analog is in this layer. The controller is in this layer. Does that make sense? The screen is not. Right. Or the experience is not the experience in this layer. experience is not, for sure. So the rules, and it's just like if you created But a it is. If the physical analog is, then, the, then it think is in it, this layer. Think about it this way. Think if you created a multiverse, right? And the, fi- the, the fundamental way that the particles set themselves up at the beginning were different. The initial conditions yeah. are different. So there's different physics. So things don't work the same. Yeah. Now, if you took... Things that are in this universe, and you created tools, and you to simulated touch that one. Not simulated. You so you want to touch things, things inside in the of other it. one. Yeah. So okay, but that, that's but sort let's of stop here and talk about that. How, how 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 do you think that that would work? 
I don't know. Do you think that you would be possible? Is, is there like that's interesting to speculate about that if you could simulate the rules of another universe, maybe you could interact with it. I've just never heard anyone say that before. You That's could a truly, truly an original thought. <laughs> but then, so yes, so we can go there and we can think about that. And I think you're right. I think you're on the right trail. If you can simulate, if you know what universe that you're touching and you want to interact with, then you could do the same type of mathematics and, si- and simulative structure as so long as the way the universe works can be somewhat represented within a structure, right? So there's probably plenty of multiverses that can't actually, there's nothing that we could do to understand them. <coughs> there's just no structure that 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 would, uh, there's no Lego p- pieces in our universe that could build a representation of that one, if that makes sense. Now, if we could have Lego pieces in this universe that could tell us how that one is working, the structure of that universe, then yes, I think we could interact with it because we would know how to like engage its physical properties. Especially if they were fairly similar to ours, and but the further you get away from the similarities, the the harder and harder it is to interact with it. But what I'm saying is, just the think of the principle of. I'm not saying that we are. We are, let's say we create something, that we what if we just created our own multiverse, not in a digital form, but literally we've done something. The particles here that expel a different, entirely different structure that is not even connected to this one, but can be influenced by this one. How would you know that it exists? Let's say that it's theoretically possible to do so. So let's say that there's a certain type of condition that would say that you could do that, and it will exist. <laughs> And there are ways to interact with it. That would be like a true virtual reality, where you're incapable of perceiving. But is it? Why not? Why? Why? Why do we talk about a virtual reality that exists on another plane as opposed to one that exists physically in this plane that people what or the reason live within? The reason I would say this is because it, when you have a structure that's like unbounded by the constraints of our universe then you open possibilities that can no longer, like that you, 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 your horizon, your ability, your framework in which you can create and do things opens up. And so I think about it in this way. (coughs) We're limit. So what is the best way to put an analogy to this? So ants can only think of so many things because of their neural structure. And let's say an ant's neural structure is, uh, analogous to the structure of our universe and our ability to do things. It's very primitive or whatever. Now let's say there's a space outside of that that allows for more possibilities and more connections between things, and that would be like the human brain, right? Our ability to conceive and understand things at a much more vast level. Now if an ant can play with inside this space it can better manipulate its own universe. So if you step outside the constraints of our universe and you think about it sitting inside of a a place that's larger, a larger domain, now you can start to assume tools and technologies that would better 
control things here the same way it would be easy for us to control an ant. That's how we. That's how you teach an ant calculus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you make it like... You yeah. have to step outside the constraints of the ant, think of a larger <laughs> domain space, and then feed it back into the ant. Does it know it's doing... How does it know it's it doing... It will once you feed it back in. You could change the information. Like, Well, the ant and the human thing is probably... It's more of an analogy. Like That's how you teach an ant calculus than, than like a really physical way of doing it. I'm sure there's a lot more science behind if you wanted to do that. But the ant never knows that it's doing calculus. Here's the thing. I think maybe it's not within our ability in our domain to be able to understand how to teach an ant calculus. But if we stepped outside into this larger domain, there's probably an answer for it. That's so your 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 every domain is a larger answer set of possibilities. So of, the higher of unpredictable domain you could teach the proverbial ant calculus because mm-hmm. they're change the rules of the game. Change the entire rules of the game. It doesn't have to even make sense to the rules of the game now. Yeah. The game's rules are far different. It's just like when you take psychedelics. I bet that's what they're fucking doing. <laughs> I bet there's a, a rule set that you're inter, you're interfacing with and that's why things like even when you're in dreams, you're like why do things fucking work this way? It's a completely different rule set. Yeah. Yet things you can logically do things theoretically in a dream that seem logical that have predictable outcomes so far as you understand in the dream but are completely impossible in this universe or the universe as we have control over it which to me kind of beckons this question that there is a larger domain set of answers and possibilities that we just don't even understand and i think when people take psychedelics they open their mind to those types of things those are the machine elves yeah yeah it's impossible to just fly as a human. Well, maybe not. I think that's what we're always... <laughs> just jump out a window right now. <laughs> I think that's what we're always approaching, though. Like, that's what the expansion of whatever consciousness we have is. The, like, the further you dive into knowing something, the closer you get to whatever it is you're talking about. I don't know if it's the expansion of consciousness, though. The expansion of consciousness is like like sort of just a consciousness is just along for the ride. What we're looking is 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 evolution. So you're looking at something iterating itself many times over and then doing a different thing some of the time and some of the time that thing continues to happen and then it iterates and iterates and iterates and there's a different thing well, in a different state every time. The uh, the ant's <laughs> ability to understand the calculus is the the ant's consciousness expanding to understand the point of what they're doing. I guess if we wanted to be very yeah. specific about what we mean <clears throat> to understand. The ant can't know it's doing calculus until it knows it's A doing real calculus. The ant's brain isn't big enough to know calculus. To right, but if we're talking analogy. about the universe in which we've limit, we've negated that limitation. Technically, an ant's brain is big enough to know calculus because it, its body does it. So there is enough. There is but enough that's like processing the higher power. level influencing. Yeah, the there is just saying. no structure inside the ant's the brain. The higher in- to level is it. influencing the ant to do the thing. Yeah. Why would it, that have to be the case if, like, like in our own s- domain, like there are natural uh, impulses to do these things that evolved for rational reasons like survival? And stuff? Why would there have to be a higher plane and that influences the lower plane? 
to follow these rational patterns if these rational patterns exist in nature on their own by uh, necessity. Yeah, so it, to me that that concept <coughs> trying to that kind of makes me think of so there's this like it's called E8. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it, but I don't know what it means. So basically, understand it. It's like a seventy-four dimensional, eighty-four dimensional. Yeah, some ridiculous. And and uh, basically, it's eighty-six. No, it's eighty-four. There's a there's once you get into like the I don't care. Once you get into (laughs) dumb physics, once you get beyond like like the basic understanding of physics, there's like there's like several hundred dimensions. Yeah, that we can. That we say that are possible. But, so here's the thing about EA. It's most likely probably not what's really happening, but it could it could be a direction of what's happening. So essentially what the concept is, is as you move up in higher dimensional structure, right? The so if I take if I take a cube, right? And it's like just the it's like a hollowed out cube, you can only see like the lines that connect all the, the 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 points right so it's just like the, f- the faces of the cube and i shine a light on that and i shine it straight down through the cube you would on a two di- on the on table you're going to see a square right the cube's 3d but when light passes through it you're seeing the 2d representation of it right so what happens is like if you have a 4d thing that exists somewhere, when you shine light through it the same way, you will see a three-dimensional object. You can scale this up infinitely. The number of dimensions, as they increase, the, the, the 2D representation is what will appear on the table, right? Uh, well, the, the, the level down. So, like, if I had a five-dimensional thing, there would be a four-dimensional cube reflecting. Right, and then you have to take a light to that four-dimensional cube, and it would just keep shining down until the dimension that you're in is what you're actually seeing things as, mm-hmm. right? So, this 8D hypercube, which is made of 84-dimensional components, is essentially how EA works. E8 works is um, essentially it's saying when you lay out the structure in a 3D space, this the structure is very analogous to how all of the particles interact in the universe. And you can take each point in, 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 in correlation, the, uh, what are they called? They're called, I mean, point, you understand what I'm saying, when a point and like a line's drawn to it and there's another point. So you're taking each one of those points or axes, right? All of those correlations are mathematical representations of how other particles have weight on each other. So when you take E8, a lot of how the structure of the universe works and its relation to itself can be represented by this hyperdimensional cube. Okay. Well, eight-dimensional. <coughs> and that's why people talk about it. And that's, yeah. And, and so... I don't remember what my point was. Oh, no, what you were saying is, what were you saying? Well, I think the question is just, like, what does that mean? No, 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 before this, you were telling me about, like, how... I don't remember what I was talking about. Uh, Chance. The form, the structures, (laughs) there's the, the, the rational behavior, the patterns that you see in nature. Okay. Those 
are essentially the three-dimensional representations of higher dimensional objects moving through this this light. So it's kind of like a shadow show, like you would do in a cave with like stick figures. We are that. And when I was on mushrooms, actually, when I think about it, I took a lot of mushrooms, and I, we are basically the projections of like Greek gods, is how it represented itself <coughs> in my mind. So these archetypical ideas of human nature are really the most fundamental things that exist. They're the most true. And we are these weird representations, these shadows of those things. And that's why being human that's like is... A, that's like kind of platonic. Almost. Yeah. You know there, what I mean. Exactly. That's what Plato, I think, was getting at, is especially when you think about how shapes work. <clears throat> and if you wanted to be like really hippy-dippy about it, you could be like, you'd say source, God, light, whatever, is the fundamental thing <coughs> shining through and creating these shadows onto the surface of reality. And we are just the three-dimensional representation of this hyper-dimensional like, source energy. We yeah. are the shadow of God. I see what you mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so all of our rational behaviors and everything like that are not necessarily um, things that we're doing right now. They are predetermined paths and structures that exist in the shape that's that has already happened. Buddhist and Hindu. Yeah. <coughs> and that's why when you take DMT, you realize that's what it is. You, you see these fractal figures. Oh, that is the fabric in which I am literally like a paper cut being like moving. That's an idea I think about a lot. Yeah. <coughs> just because of like Ethan and my dad. Those are just like the people I happen to know. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It is weird. That's <laughs> super weird. And then when I took mushrooms, like the gods were laughing at me because I was like, I just want to know what you are. And they're like, you don't even, you can't, you can't know. They're like, ha-ha, like you can kind of get it. You can kind of get it, and only because we're kind of letting you get it. But we are you, but we're a truer you. And I am, like, literally, it was, like, really weird, because I was like, oh, that's what a god is. A god, I am just a shadow of a god. I am literally... But in, in a Jordan Peterson sense, is, are these God things just like the idealized forms of certain virtues that you imagine yourself to be aspiring to? Yes, they are the direction in which your choices can <coughs> be in life. So these are yeah. literally, like if you had a compass, these are the things that the compass can orientate itself to. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all good. And that's what I found out on the mushrooms. There are demons. And yeah. the demons are what, you know, Young talks about as as the deeper parts of and and when I discovered that it's like oh this dimensional figure of whatever God is and this light of source and the shadows that we are as a part of that the structure of this is not all nice and happy. Now this is all Tibetan Book of the Daddy. Yeah, the structure of this is evil and demented, just as as much as it is good and and wholesome. And not even evil and demented in, like, so think about it in this sense. So, as a human, you can say, morally, like, if you wanted to be very nihilist about it, technically, nothing matters. Technically, as far as, as if you're just going to scale back and not think about all the other shit, you're just, nothing matters. 
moral v- virtues and stuff like that are are just constructs of how we engage with things based on what they're going to do for us, right? It's very bad in society to do very bad things to people. But in the grand scheme of the universe, rocks don't care if you rape or pillage. They really don't. But this architecture, so that's one scale of evil. The act of desire in, in any form or whatever. But the creepiest thing is it doesn't care. So you don't get to decide if you do evil. You don't get to decide what you are. You are the shadow of evil. The actions in which you think are morally reprehensible are just you playing out the shadow of a the structure being that thing. So that's what the demons were showing me when I did mushrooms. <laughs> they were like, you don't get to choose to do evil. We are the evil. And when we represent you, when the light shines and your shadow shows, you are our intention. That's what being possessed is. You are the intention of the shape. You don't get to choose what part of the shape you are. You just are the shape. But you can reflect on what part of the shape you have been. And that's where it's fucked up. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nuts. Pretty, uh, so you can look back and see But whether or not you reflect on it or not you still just depends on what part of the shape you are in this analogy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where it gets complicated behind our representation. But, and, God, I need to stop saying it because they told me not to say it. But I'm going to say it anyways in defiance of the gods. Even though that's a terrible idea. <laughs> so, they, when I asked them to do this, I, they said, okay, well, you can't tell anybody this because it ruins the game, essentially. And it, it makes me feel really douchey for even doing it. But basically, the j- to finish my concept, there is this... It felt like a mother's yarn, a wholesome, like not even mo- like the great mother, the mother of all things, like fabric of reality. But it was just the way it was painted to me. I was staring at my wall and the wall opened up into this fabric of multicolored like yarn. And I was overwhelmed with like the feeling of what it felt like to be in like preschool. Like when you get to go to like a teacher's class and like, you're just, like, for no reason, just happy and, and existing. You don't know what reality is yet, and you're just there doing things as you do them. And it, and it was even purer than that, because it was even, like, the first time, it felt like the first time I've ever opened my eyes, right? To ever see a thing. And it opened into this beautiful fabric of, like, color. I can only describe it as yarn, but it was deeper than that. And the yarn was made of, of an ancient love. A love that was so deep and fundamental to everything, and you and and when I real and and I realized that this is always here, this is what it is. That is the entirety of the shape, right? Regardless of all the other features, that is the shape as a whole. That's when you get experience the whole shape, right? And and then I was like, is that that's it? It was like so overwhelming and beautiful. And then it told me, don't tell anybody. Everyone knows this, but you're doing this because you want to. You're here. You're not, you can see it. Sometimes we show it to you to make you feel better and more comfortable about what's going on. And it, it made me feel like, oh, this thing that we're doing as people is a very small part of the whole thing that we're doing. Whatever it is we're doing, this is like 
really small. This doesn't mean anything. But this can be still just as scary as anything in other any other part of it. It's it's just as terrifying to exist here as anywhere else in this shape or whatever it is. And sometimes you just need to see like, oh, we're just playing. It's still this thing. It's always been this thing. There is no other thing. This is just part of, like, you You are doing this for fun. <clears throat> and that's why you can't tell people about it. And if you tell people about it, I'm going to show you the demons. And then they showed me the demons. And that's when I got, like, really scared and I cried a lot. Well, first they showed me the gods because I was very curious about that. I was like, okay, well. And then it was just, like, these depictions, like, almost holographic, like, uh, cutouts of, like, mythical gods is, like, the best way my brain could represent it. And they were just kind of, like, acting out human intention and desire, but in the most perfect, beautiful way. And I was like, oh, I'm just a fraction of that desire and intention of the gods. And then they're like, and then and then my brain was like, oh, there's demons. <laughs> there's gods, there's demons, there's a flip side. And then they popped up and they were like, yep. <laughs> and they were not as holographic and beautiful. They were more sticky. Gooey. Heavy. Put a heavy, sticky goo in you? Yeah, <laughs> they did. And I just cried and cried and cried. And why, what is the, what is the reason behind the, whatever this entity is saying not to tell anyone? It's because this is a game. It's kind of like when you go like, you lost the game, and you're like, Fuck! I the did lose the game. Entity, yeah, you can't be enlightened. You won't build something if you're enlightened. You'll just sit under a tree and be like, this shit's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they need you doing stuff. They're like the government. Yeah. You already <laughs> are that thing, though. That's the, like what's so weird about they it. They didn't build you, you are to be enlightened, thing. dude. They built you to fucking do shit for that had to happen. Like build civilization and then create artificial intelligence and stuff. Yeah, you got to be the shape. That's sort of like the task, is to be the shape. But you don't have a choice in the task. It's not the task. It's going to unfold either way. It's, it's the is. If, if they this say is there the correct way of thinking about it. There is a choice, which is really weird. Because that what are choices? I thought a lot of this sort of suggests already that we don't believe in free will. I can't. I can't say that this in is this what analogy. enlightenment is because I'll never. There's no free will in this analogy. There's the illusion of free will. I don't sure. know if there is. So that doesn't matter. It's tricky because it's not that the shape isn't. It makes like the game less depressing if you if you if if they let you think that you're making a choice. Maybe it makes it makes it easier for you to accept the fact no, you, that you're not. All the enlightened ones. Here's like, what I'll say about free will: if if an infinite number of possibilities of possible and impossible things can exist, and you can be any infinite number of possibility of those things at any given time, determinism doesn't matter. There is no determinism. I'm just talking. It about is only. It is only. It is pure freedom. So freedom is the only thing. That exists. It doesn't matter how many possibilities there are. It just matters what you collapse into and whether or not that's just the laws of physics making you do that or not. Or you think because this is what the weird, the weirdest part about this is. Like the yarn told me, <laughs> mother yarn told me, 
this is here all the time. It's always in front of you. You just have to open your eyes. You guys should go watch, uh, go listen to Portal of Yarn by Chicano Batman. Shut, do not say there is a Portal of Yarn. Like, is that a real thing? There's a song by Chicano Batman. Called Porto of Yarn. Maybe. Oh, dude, if he saw the same thing, that, is that what it's Well, it's about? crazy. Well, the thing that's that I think is great about Chicano Batman is that they, like, a lot of their music reminds me, like, like they're, they're writing poetry as an escape from, like, whatever, whoever told them not to, not to talk about this thing that you're talking about, that you're entity said like don't talk about this thing like it's it like the the lyrics that they have and like the way they write their music is like they're being told not to talk about this thing that they're talking about but they're yeah they're like writing like poetic versions of what you're talking about right now i just realized like if this thing like why would it tell me to not talk about it it knows i'm going to fucking talk about it like it knows me more than i know me yeah. It knows the structure of whatever he I am. He just doesn't want you to talk to all the, every stranger you see. You know, freak him out. Yeah, some people are going to be It disturbed. told me to not talk about it because it, it wants me to talk about it. But it wants me to be confused about talking about it so I keep my mouth shut just at the right times. Now Wait. it's going to have to tell me a new rule because now I'm too <laughs> fucking like, in my head about it. It's going to have to okay, guys, <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying the right thing, but you guys need to update me on some rule sets. Because I, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or not. Maybe that's the point. <laughs> does there have to be this higher reality influencing you, or are you just high on drugs? And that that's, is that a sufficient Yeah, maybe condition? I'm not okay with just is influencing that myself, because then I have to take responsibility yeah. for all my actions. Yeah. Maybe. So I have to create a higher entity, just like the Christians. Maybe. To justify all their Christians things. aren't bad. Don't give Christians a hard time. Uh, the Crusades are pretty bad. Oh yeah, they did some bad <laughs> shit. They did some. Good, they did a little uh, on balance. I think. Uh, I don't know. Christendom's pretty cool. Anti-gay stuff they is had pretty their bad. Time. Yeah, they're definitely I, I they're old now. They're just old now, but they're pretty cool. That's still like that's still cool stuff. I don't know how much of like Christianity is just anti-gay, or it's how much like bad politics is like poison Christianity. Absolutely. You know? And then, well, well, I don't know Christ about it. Like, they like, didn't no, like gays forever. Dicks, it's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I, I think they didn't like gays forever. I just think, I just think, um, you know, I think people throw out a lot of the baby with the bathwater. I think it's good. It's good old stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. How many people had to do that for that to become a saying? Oops. I still don't know what that means when you say that, and you say it a lot. Baby out. Oh, it's just an old There's expression. a baby in a it bath. It just means, and they used to throw like they had a fucking tub of water that they got from the lake, the river. Yeah. And then they bathed the children and or their clothes or whatever in it. And then it'd be so and dirty that you wouldn't see the baby, and you'd be like, "I have to throw this trash <laughs> out." Like I have this. So what that expression means is, I have <laughs> this old trash. I need to throw it out. You didn't even. You throw it back in the, the river, baby. and it's gone. So. If you throw the baby out with the ba- and you would go to the river to do it, so like you're not gonna take it all the way home. You're gonna fill the bucket up there with your baby, wash it there, and throw it back into the river. But if it's dirty, like you said, <laughs> there's a chance that you thought you took the baby out, but then you end up throwing something valuable away with the with the dirty. You're just letting your baby like 
I don't sink under the. You're letting I, your baby. I, I grew up with a lot of old timey expressions. I my mother said a lot of old timey shit. Yeah, you gotta get the head all nice and fucking. <laughs> they gotta get all pruny before you let them out. <laughs> if you're not drowning your baby for a couple it's seconds, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like, not, it's not really clean. Yeah, it couldn't be clean. Isn't it so crazy that we just exist? Like, we drowned in the womb, but we drowned so well that we just have oxygenated fluid in our lungs. That's pretty wild. Yeah, we're just breathing womb fluid. Don't we have, like, gills until we're... Probably, yeah. They just kind of recede into necks. (laughs) Isn't that... Don't humans have, like, some kind of weird fucking gills until they come out of the... That's how weird we are. We don't even realize how weird it is. Like, just like the formation they of come a human. Out, I don't think, I don't, I don't know about that. Dude. <laughs> I think, dude, how psychedelic is that? Like, just to think of like gills, gills close dude. up until right before they come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we're about to get birthed. <laughs> like, suck back in. <laughs> we're talking about the fucking universe right now, dude. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. How do you fucking? You can't. I'm gonna Google right now, even though I know this will damage my online persona <laughs> for decades in the eyes of this massive corporation. Google's just like, ah, oh, do went. babies do fetuses have gills? <laughs> Dude, that's a weird list you just got on. That's a weird list. How do fetuses? Oh my breathe? god! It heard me say it. It came up in the search bar, dude. No way. Yes, it heard me say that. And it's like, is this what you want? Babies do not have gills. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Thank you. I'm so glad you answered it. How do fetuses breathe? So they have <laughs> structures in their Wait, throat do you really that are think eerily that... similar to gills in the first couple of weeks. No, the structures are not how they breathe in the fluid, dude. The gills don't work. They're not functional. They're just, they're, they're, they're How parts. do you breathe when you're inside a, a that's what I'm asking. You're, there's oxygenated fluid in your lungs that you are. It's it's a it's like a pressure lock. You are breathing in like a really oxygen rich fluid the entire time that you're in there, and you get all of your nutrients through Can your you belly. Can you breathe button. liquid though? Yes. They've actually tried to invent technologies like this. It's actually part of a movie called like The Deep, where they they have an oxygenate oxygen-rich, like, gel that they breathe to dive really deep because if you use air, your lungs will collapse. But if you use the gel, it's thick enough where your lungs won't collapse. Right, it has to be able to come in and out of your lungs. Yeah, they use a rebreather, but it's gel. It's it's actually, like, I think they... Babies get their oxygen in liquid form dissolved in the blood of the mother through their... Oh, it's through their belly button. They don't yeah. even breathe. Yeah, that's even crazier. And I guess... Uh, that's why you have to smack the so fuck out of the look, The things that look like gills in babies don't ever become gills. They just they do become gills in fish. And they become our jawbone. Imagine if your body got confused. Like, how fucking sick are genetics that they don't get confused often? Right? Like, imagine how <coughs> bad it would be if you gave birth to a fucking fish baby thing. Like, halfway through, it's like, are we a fish or a baby? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I kind we we have gills. Like your brain's like we the gills. I still it's like, feel like <sighs> a fish half the time. What? No. Kind of look like one too. Yeah, I feel like a fish half the time. 
Someone should lick these rocks. You know? They do lick what rocks. What if I could just they lick go rocks? And then, like, just, like, dust comes up. I went up to the and, like, reef store recently, and I was looking at anemones, and I was like, oh, my God, I could be a person and pay all these taxes and, and like, deal with, you know, all the complications of life. Or I could have just been a butthole. <laughs> I just could have been a little, like, throbbing butthole in the ocean, in the warm tropical ocean. Could you imagine how fucking horrible, like, how strong you must think if you're, like, a fish? Like, you must think you're, like, really strong. Because you're just, like, flying around everywhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but then as soon as you go out of the water, you're like, <gasps> what is this? You I, bet they're, I bet they're like anything. They're, like, anxious little fucking pieces of shit, even though they can fly. They don't think about it. They're probably just like, oh, my God, I'm scared. you got to be real time. anxious to have eyes on both sides of your yeah, body, dude, but not terrible. in the middle. <laughs> like, you're just like. Flounders are, like, autistic then, because they kind of just like, why put the eye on this side? They don't move off the boat. <laughs> 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 they just, like, fuse to the other side. Like, evolution's like, okay. I guess this one's weird. Just pushed it up there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty weird animal to evolve over time. Like, where was that eye for a long time? Did yeah, it where was it before? The outside, yeah, did, like, or did it fucking... Did it go straight through? Like, it, like, saw its own brain for a <laughs> millennia? <laughs> it's, like, really wise. It's, like, we are becoming... It's, like, the pineal gland. It's just, like, it gave birth to all the DMT on the planet. Just, like... <laughs> And then it's like, oh no, we have laid like in the to dust too long. <laughs> it'd, be weird, it'd be interesting to talk to that fish. Yeah. I'd like to meet that fish if I could meet any creature in history. <laughs> it'd be really funny because you could totally peekaboo them. Be like, just turn them around. You're like, peekaboo. <laughs> You're like, where'd you go? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this podcast, dude? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the ghost show. There, the, <laughs> that's like the funniest animal to like torment of all the animals. Just like a flatfish with a face on one side. It so really, like, what is that? <laughs> what part of your body am I torturing? Yeah. You know? I'm going to threaten you. It, you know? it literally looks like how a kindergartner would draw a fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, Timmy. His eyes go on the other. It's a fucking flounder. You're like, what? <laughs> it exists, okay? <laughs> Yeah, if I drew one of those, like, to my kid, she'd be like, my dad's retarded, you know what I mean? I don't your, have kid. your kid's actually just, like, really smart. He's like, that's not how fish work. Like, <laughs> that's not, that's stupid. Yeah. You're just have one eye, you fucking moron. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you suck at drawing. That's yeah. like, that's like, that's like, the flounder was made when, when God was going through, like, a Picasso phase. Or maybe Picasso <laughs> just took a fish out of the river and bred it into that monstrosity and fucking oh, I bet you could, it back uh, into the world. I heard a really cool story. I, it's definitely fake, but it's based in like loose events. But it's um, it's just like a cool, like weird mythos that I've never like looked into. But it kind of has its own entire mythology potentially. Um, it's basically about like being in like the the 1800s during like the the renaissance of like cadavers and science and like stealing bodies and this one guy becomes obsessed with mythological creatures and he thinks that they can still exist and that those are like the true forms of things but for whatever reason we have like banished ourselves from heaven and we are no longer allowed to be so perfect so he he looks at all these mythical representations of things 
and he takes parts of different animals and then <coughs> sews them onto live animals. Like he'll take wings from like a bird and sew it onto a horse and like like a big bird. <laughs> be really fucking funny. So like a giant. Anyway, I just thought about how goofy that would be. In the in the thing I was watching, it had really big feathers, but I thought like, what bird is that? Like, what bird has feathers the size of a fucking horse? None. There's no bird. Like yeah. Anyway, zero birds. But but uh, yeah, I was thinking about that and. Like, what a crazy myth. It, like, so the idea is he went, like, his family, like, rejected him. Science rejected him, but he got better and better at it. And and um, and not and then he eventually he started opening up a circus, and he was showing people all these things, and it got tracked. Like, well, people hated it in the U.S., but then he moved to London, and they really liked it there. And um, people were still kind of disgusted, but they were way more like, yeah, cool. And then um, he's like, uh, but then he started putting, like, human heads on it. From cadavers, and like they like he would make a harpies, and they would move. They would like the wings would move, and 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 they and they would scream and squeal, and and um, he, he eventually like got his circus burnt down, and like uh, like everything like bad bad shit happened because people were like that's too far. And then his the last note he ever wrote was to his brother saying like Hey, I'm done with this shit. You know, I'm packing up my bag. I'm gonna kill myself. It's more poetic, and um. And 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 then they were, he was never seen again. But his wife was also never seen again. And in the note, he wrote about how beautiful she was. And he hated to see her stuck in a human form. And his proudest achievement is being able to to finally represent her beauty. In in what he thought was the most beautiful form, and it doesn't say what that form was, but he thinks. Um, the, the story basically ends with the assumption that he made his wife into a harpy mm. and that she still roams in places today. Where does it come from? Where does that come from? I don't know what the the origin the origin of the story is, but it's like very interesting mythology because it reminded me a lot of like steampunk kind of stuff like because it's kind of like on the outskirts of like steampunk kind of like ideas. But it's like steampunk meets like... Uh, Lovecraft, but in like a more measured way. Like this would be like a Lovecraft story if you said that someone was controlling his brain by like an alien was like <laughs> like showed him images of things. It's like a cooler Frankenstein. Yeah, it's like a way or cooler like a Frankenstein, Frankenstein that. Yeah, but it's not even like really a horror movie, like a horror genre. It's more about like. It's more about like there are actually mythical things. They just don't exist anymore, but we can create them through science. You can create them through science. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they were built to track stuff. But uh, I don't know. If, I don't think they ever exist still or exist. I don't know. I could actually think Oh, that, yeah. But, but, like, that was the assumption in the 1800s. Oh, right? That was, like, the concept. This is, this yeah. is an old thing. This is an old yeah. Thing. An old, like, well, technically, it's an, I think it's a modern story, but it was written, it's written, like, as if it was, like, the journals of this guy who did this, or, like, his brother's account of his, his, like, crazy brother who did this stuff, and it's written as a book that's, like, supposed to be true, but, like, if you pick up the physical book, 
the book reads like this is a real event that happened, right? But it is um, it is a fictional story. It's not a real thing. But they did use names of people who did exist and did do kind of things like stuff like this, which begs the question. Like it's that's why it's such an interesting mythos is because it's so rooted in potential realities of the day that you don't know. <clears throat> it's kind of like the believes. The book believes it's called or in uh, the House of Leaves. The House of Leaves. Ooh. Yeah, I think I. It starts off where like your brother told me about this book. I think. Yeah, this or maybe fam- no, we this were family like moves into a house in like Tennessee or some shit, mm-hmm. and there's like something wrong with. They're like remodeling. I don't remember what the fuck is happening, but they measure the outside of the house, and it's like. 14 feet across or whatever mm-hmm. and then they measure the inside of the house and it's like three quarters of an inch larger like the dimensions yeah. of that inside of the way. house are, are larger, larger than, the, than the dimensions yeah They're like that's not possible yeah and yeah. it's but it reads like like these are it's like it's almost like a documentary yeah written in a book form yeah like it's meant to it's meant it's to, to feel, feel real like it's real the whole time yeah that's like, so there's a story of the Yellow King. You heard that? Mm. It's a really, really interesting story that um, I've never, it, well, it's more of like a collection of short stories of different authors, but around the same topic, around this like really weird conceptual topic that is like probably one of the most intensive, it's, it's the most meta-literary topic you can probably start like to write about, at least in the day. But I will tell you after I piss. It's time. I'm posing as a genetically engineered dog-sized bat. It's 9-10. <coughs> dog-sized bats? Just like house pet bats. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, something that would snuggle on your couch. You know, I think there is pet bats. Well, yes, you can get a pet bat, but I want to, like, you know... A dog size. Technology <laughs> comes far enough. I want to make giant bats that are dog size, that are clean as disease, and that have good personalities. And I hang out with you on the couch. You just make yourself a harpy wife, dude. I don't want that. That's you don't want a harpy wife? <laughs> they're, like, half vulture. They're yeah. just, like, vultures with tits. No, they're, like, horses with... They're, <coughs> like, horses with vulture with wings with tits. I don't remember there being horses involved with the harpy. No. No. Oh. I thought you were talking. I thought he was talking about something about horses. So the so the the story we'll end the podcast with is like the this yellow king story, and I've I've only had an introduction to it, and sort of like kind of like a scholarly pursuit to understand it, really. But um, what's so interesting about it, <coughs> and this is my understanding, I could be completely wrong, um. But so, the 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 story of the Yellow King itself is supposed to have been this very popular like play. In the mythology of these stories, however, this play, only two lines are ever written directly from it, the play of the Yellow King. In any of the novels that talk about the Yellow King. And they're like these short excerpts that talk about like Donovan went from the, the staircase to see his beloved Elizabeth, but she had already gone to the the fucking whatever poetic nonsense, right? 
But the story is re- like those are direct passages. Like there's only been two direct passages ever taken from the Yellow King in this in this mythos. What mythos? Yellow King mythos. It's it's part of Lovecraft. Which is like a larger mythos, but it's a it's a part of it. So uh, the Yellow King is like some type of like god in in the mythos, but the Yellow King is more than it's really weird because so those two passages were the only time it was ever directly taken from the play in any of the stories. Everything else is sort of talking about the play indirectly or directly, but not literal passages and. The, the, and it's a collection of like short stories of people going through different things. Like a guy marries this girl, and then, or this guy, like this guy is like a, a fond of this girl, but she marries somebody else. And but she doesn't want to be with him, and she wants to be with this guy. And then, s- by a force of nature, this guy gets really sick, and the other guy tries to kill himself, but it doesn't work. And then the girl ends up being with him, and they live happily ever after. After her. A strange husband dies, right? However, there are the point of the story is that it's that whole incident is very loosely based on what happened in the tale of the Yellow King, and then all of these short stories that happen to real people inside these collection of short stories are basically shadows of what happened in the story, the play of the Yellow King. And it's a it's a warning to authors to be careful what they write about because there are some strange influences in your pen that go beyond what you can understand. You can literally, through your pen, influence the reality that lies before you. And it only takes you to write of it. And so, when you write down these tragic stories of, like, this girl falls in love with this guy, inevitably, that will happen to real people. They will fall into the fate of your pen. And that's kind of what the Yellow King is about. And it's just, like, this really cool story to me. Because it kind of relates back directly to what we were talking about with, like, the shadows and the casting and the gods. We will fall into their pen, the ink of their pen. We are the ink of their pen, essentially, at some point. But they don't give a fuck. No, they just keep writing stories. That's their job. They create the stories that we inherit as the characters. That's pretty trippy. Yeah. It's almost like... uh, We are but players upon a stage. It's like referencing... It's like how a significant... There's like three main things that all of literature references, which is like the Bible, Greek and Roman mythology, and then Shakespeare Mm -hmm. are like the three most referenced things. And like the Yellow King is like the thing that's referenced in this other reality. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Like the Yellow King is like the Bible or yes. Shakespeare yes. of this alternate. It's more like reality. the Shakespeare of this alternate reality, yeah. yeah. And 
and these plays play out over and over again. But the Yellow King doesn't know that he did this. It's just to play the Yellow King. Like, <laughs> that's just what it is. But somehow, the events in this play keep taking place over and over and over again to people. And there's, like, a deeper kind of, like, Lovecraftian lore even behind the Yellow King. Like, that it's, like, this thing that like wrote so the stories on purpose. So many people read it and knew about it in this alternate world that mm-hmm. they used those events to, like, structure their understanding of events in their own lives type thing. Yeah, and I think that that's part of, like, the, the grander Lovecraftian thing is people use the story of the Yellow King to do what you just said. Like, they can predict the future. And it's really creepy. Which, by the way, brings me to this idea oh, I had. So to, ridiculous. To think about, so think about this. Uh, here's the story of the Yellow King in real life, right? So, there's a guy who made a website that basically it's it's when you play with infinities, every possible thing is is done. Now, if you play with an alphabet, the infin- the infinite alphabet, all possible language story or a combination of words has been written in this infinite alphabet. And he has created a website that basically indexes this infinite alphabet. Right? He has he has a software. It doesn't represent the whole thing because you can never there's not enough bits of information in the universe to ever do that. But you can type in uh, any phrase you want and it appears inside, it's indexed into a particular part of this infinite alphabet, right? And and you can go to the website and you can type it in. Now, how his code works is maybe, like, suspect. Like, maybe it just embeds itself into, into a string of, like, characters or whatever. But I think you can, like, show that this existed prior to you searching it, Right? So people can search things that will happen in the future, and that exact phrase has already appeared in in the thing. And so what's really interesting about this is there's another completely separate guy who studies literature, and he uses AI to understand the beats of a story. And what they do is they develop predictive models to see what the story is about based on just the words alone. Right? There's no, like... You, 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 they take a hundred thousand like words and they say based on the number of thes and thises and sads and sorrows in this this work, we can tell you what story rhythm this is and what type of story it is. Like what happens in it. Like who are the characters, what is the plot. Now, my theory is if you develop a similar AI <clears throat> to start looking into this index and you ask it what is going to happen in the next 10 minutes in this particular area and it finds sentences right this is like it this is uh someone's gonna and you you do things on purpose right you you pick up a bottle and put it down so you look for that phrasing you look for very general things uh your name picks up the bottle puts it back down on the table right some sort of like narrative structure to what just happened. You ask this AI to find that particular thing, and the, the more it finds it and then predicts correctly what happened after what you told it to do, the more you can find chunks of this infinite text 
that are actually identical to what's happening in reality. So there must be chunks of this infinite text that really do play out exactly how the universe is going to work, right? That are pre- completely predictive. Now, it would take a human an infinite amount of time to ever even utilize that. It'd be impossible. But an AI can do it very efficiently. And then multiple AIs can do it very, very efficiently. And then they can teach themselves to even get better at it. And then you can train an AI to pick based on, like, you could say, what is the percentage? This is a better way to do it. Instead of saying, like, individual, very vague, like when you pick up a bottle, what will the stock market say tomorrow for this thing? Is it up 10 points, down 10 points? What is it? And then the AI will pull back a series of predictions made by this infinite text. And then the ones that are accurate, those AIs get to live. That, that AI structure that pulled that text back, that gets to live. And that, that grouping of this infinite text, these regions of it, they get to live on to the next generation. And you predict tomorrow. And you predict again. And you predict again. And the ones that remain the most right are the only ones that get to live. And then there's you you basically start asking it to predict further and further ahead to see its accuracy. So instead of just the next day, it has to have the next day correct, but it also has to have next week correct, right? To make sure that the future telling of this story is going to be accurate. So now you can start predicting many, many months months ahead. So you can find this particular region of story for how the world will work, that will be 100% accurate to what will happen in the future. Because it's all already written. Because you're using an infinite number of characters. It has to be already written. And all you've done is train an AI to find the correct region in which the the characters seem to line up 90% of the time to what will happen. You see what I'm saying? That's how you literally can predict the future. I do see what you're saying. That's interesting. That makes sense. Good. Because <laughs> I thought about this a long time ago, and I tried to explain it to my cousin. He has just looked at me like, like what? But I didn't know about this other research that you could actually predict story beats in literature, that people were designing AIs to do things that were like kind of similar. Well, what... What benefit is just predicting the beat of a literature when you could literally predict what the stock market is going to do tomorrow? Yeah, I'm assuming they have they have computers that do that already. Well, they have computers that do it based on the numbers and the algorithms, which aren't correct to what will happen tomorrow, right? <clears throat> it's That's just the context of what's happening. It can be predictive. That's how our brain takes in information, right? But if there is something that already has it written, why does the computer search through infinite text? It just end. You just say, "Hey, pick a region here," and then search through these lines. And then, once it's once once that prediction is either true or false, you ask it to pick a different region. So it just pokes around. Yeah. Couldn't it poke around infinitely? Yeah, but it doesn't need to. So the reason it. The reason you kill off the models that aren't accurate. More likely that it would poke around infinitely if there's infinitely more correct space to search through than incorrect space. 
Just it would have to be because you're talking about a limited set versus an unlimited set. So it would run forever and never find anything. That's not necessarily true. You have to ask it very specific things. Right. What so that it give has an inkling of where to look. Yeah. So you ask it very specific. And, and so it's not that like the one time does it any brings a, back the correct answer like that, that that's exist? correct. Like a program that's searching an infinite set and knows where to look. Does anything, does any analogy to that exist? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that like is a thing that anyone's done. I'm sure if maybe for like prime numbers. I wonder if that's going to be the point of uh, the point where it falls apart. Is where you can't you just can't search an infinite set for a finite version. Well, no, no, no. So what? Uh, I think this is where you're losing me. Is you have the infinite set, but you can pick a region within this infinite set. That seems logical, but that might still be like infinitely large. Well, so the infinite set is indexed, right? So if you're looking, it is, but it is necessarily infinitely large. Any set that you pick, other than the yeah, that you're looking for. But here's what's really right? interesting about this set: is it's not just a random string of numbers; it's a random string of text, and you can type in the text right that you're looking for. Yeah. So, let's say you ask this AI to predict what this uh, the market's going to do tomorrow for this particular stock, it, the percentage, right? And it, f- it says the, the Dow Jones is up 3%. It will also say the Dow Jones is up 66%. I'll say 100 million percent, right? All these things are going to feed back into the AI. But the next day, you get to correct it because you get to know what that is. Yeah. So, and you also get to know where it searched in the set. So you say where you were searching is correct. Stay there and tell me. Right. where it is next. So eventually right. there is a string in the set of the, in this infinite set and there's an infinite number of these strings by the way. They're saying right. the exact percentages day after day exactly how the stock market right. is going to close. And that's that's what you're searching for. Yeah, okay. That and then you, you just train it to the the more accurate that is day after day, you you send more AIs within that region of the set, right? Mm-hmm. To find it. To find, like, narrow down what what part of the this chunk that you're looking at actually has that predictive model in it. Mm-hmm. So a faster way to even do it is to see which ones have predicted the closing of the stock market in the past. So you just type in the closing of the stock market every day. You say the Dow Jones closed at 66%. And then you do that from the beginning of Dow Jones until today. And then you see what the next day is. In that in the in the next part of that line, if it's correct, then you're on a probably a really good chain to look at, and then the AI can just predict models like that even better than we can. Like it will take it will be very easy for the AI to find the structure in that pattern and be like, oh well, yeah, maybe if I just look back at the past, I'll be able to inference the future for this set. And you can even the more general AI becomes, you can actually just tell it to infer those types of things. It does sort of assume that. I wonder if it. I wonder if this assumes that those things are rational, and if those things are just irrational, if that would be an inherent problem. Well, it doesn't matter. So the predictive model is. So this is why you ask it how many weeks in advance, right? So once you start to find it to predict the next day correct, over and over again, maybe for a week. You see if it can predict the, the next whole week correctly. But what if it can't? Then you move on to a different set. 
But is it necessarily true that a set will work eventually? Yes. It has to be true. Because you have An infinite an number of set. sets will work eventually. That comes back to the initial question of how do you make a computer social into a set? You're, well, you're still localizing it, right? Like, you're still trying to find... Because you're, you're already writing the branches to test yeah. this reality. Yeah, you're already telling it kind of where to start. Yeah. And then you're saying, just keep being more accurate. And then the one... And then, really, the AI is just start using... If it's rational, then... Like, you eventually, it will be wrong. But there yeah. will be a set that's 99% correct most of the time. You might get lucky and fall onto the region of the set that's saying the correct information all of the time, or at least for the next 40 years. Especially if the last 50 years was correct. So if it's infinite, then you'd still have an infinite number of like sets that have been right. And then day, wrong. And then it's going to be wrong the next day. But you would so also you still have an infinite number of sets that are correct. <coughs> yeah. So, you, I mean, it's like a 50... It technically is still you don't know <laughs> the next day. It seems like, yeah, it like can't, this cancels itself out some way. It's just something I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. There is still the 50-50 probability that it could be wrong. But you... If it was right for a period of time, the predictive po- probability of it kept increasing the more you used it. But I guess it's like it's like a fundamental question: is that like would you find that that's even though it's happening, it's circumstantial? Like when you get a crowd of a hundred people to keep flipping coins, and then you find that you know you eliminate parts of the crowd, and you're like, wow, you really flipped heads ten times in a row. The probability of that, and you say something like twenty, now you're you know you calculate it. Right, and they'd be like, wow, that's crazy. But it was also inevitable to happen. Mm-hmm. It was designed to be inevitable, so it's, like, interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the true test is if the AI that's predicting the thing, regardless of how irrational or rational the set is, if it's better predicting than current other models that are using different things. So if it's predicting at a better rate than current models, then you should still trust this one more. Yeah. But wouldn't you have an infinite number of... You'd always have an infinite number of sets to choose from, and I don't. And I, I assume half of them would be wrong every time, but still. Yeah. But you still have half of them that are right. Right, but what would you have to bet? No, no, but like you're, you're, you, you get to the point where the AI or whatever is predicting it, there is one that's still making the correct answers. But you won't know that until the day that it happens. You have to check it against reality. Yes, but let's say. an infinite set. Let's say you. If you're searching an infinite set, the set of right answers. Well, here's where it gets tricky, right? So. If you do this, imagine this. This is where you can prove free will. You find an AI, right, that could say, hey, describe the actions of the guy in this room. So let's say that the person has some multitude of interactions that he can do. Let's say, like, a, a giant number that of interactions. Like, he could press any, any key on this keyboard, right? And you have the AI searching the text for which key he's going to press. Then, 
you maybe find some text that not only has his name and what key he's going to press, but you find text that has his name, the color of his shirt, and what key he's going to press. And then that one gets more accurate every time you make him ask to press a different... you, like, the keys he's most likely to press. Wouldn't it be, like, a probability distribution, which is most likely... Everything is a probability distribution, though. Nothing is 100% accurate. So that's what we're gaming at. We're gaming for the probability distribution that this is mostly right all the time. So if you had an AI... It, like if you if you read text that and like in the next ten seconds participant B in the blue shirt named Kevin is going to press W and Kevin in the blue shirt presses W in the next ten seconds exactly that would be fucking terrifying right yeah. especially if there is some sensical pattern of narration that's taking place wait, wait, how is it well, you you wouldn't be able free will like if there is a thing that is predicting what we're going to do every time. If there was like some narratives, this is where it gets tricky because our language isn't complex enough to conceptualize exa- all of the actions that people will do. Because there's a an infinite variety of ways to explain how people can do things. But let's say if there was a perfect narrative structure that could do that, and you could research that library, and that library could feed you back answers then you could actually determine based on that description of what's happening in the next 10 seconds whether or not the person didn't do it or did do it, especially if the model was accurate in the past. Does that make sense? It does make sense as a, as a thought experiment. But then it's also still subjective because now that I think about it, it's still just kind of probabilistic. You actually never know if what you're yeah. what it's getting back is going to say don't know the correct what answer. Thick, and if it's infinite, there are like infinite sets of thick, and it's not going to be fifty-fifty. It's going to be less than that. Well, that's the question. Maybe there isn't. Maybe that's what you find. Maybe there isn't an infinite number of sets that can fit within our domain. I, yeah, I think it, it would. I my intuition about this is that it would fall apart, and you wouldn't be able to predict the future. You would discover it's like theoretically or conceptually impossible. But then again, if you just said, like, computers could be better and better at modeling the economy, but then that's, like, based on people's choices, and technically there's nothing in physics stopping from people changing their habits and, and, and patterns and things. And it's, it's weird. History's weird, and sometimes it turns on a dime. Like, a third country would militarize third round nation. You know, stuff's weird. Yeah, but th- could you imagine if you, like, found a chunk that talks about every point in history accurately within this text. Right, and that's the probability of this thing. Again. And then the next chunk is going to be, be in the right order. But there's an infinite number of these chunks. True. There's an infinite number of these chunks, and uh, like a tiny, tiny percentage of each of those chunks will be right every time, but it doesn't matter because even though each of these chunks is infinite and, is and boundless. The bound it does have is it's much, much, much smaller than the former chunk and the higher... I see what you're saying. It's still g- it's still going to be up in the air. But I guess it a is A smaller just level really infinity is infinitely smaller than a higher level infinity. The question, though, is like, is it actually less predictive than just us uh, guessing what will happen next? 
if there is something that historically that is a good has question. Th- th- if there is something that has s- historically for the last like week and a half, I just don't know how you the search the set. Well, you search the set by just saying because it's generating the searches. No, no, yeah, you type in the specific chain of text. Yeah, you're searching it. You search it manually, or you so have you a program that searches it. So you type in a chain of text that literally is a strip of like, you know. The entire history of man. I just don't think you can predict the next day because the next day of search results is going to be infinitely faster. Mm. That's only if time hasn't happened yet. No, because you still always have. Well, but, you, but then again, if time has to happen for you to check your set, then you can't. You don't know the search. <laughs> like it doesn't work. It doesn't. It falls apart, right? What if you search the set <laughs> about what you're going to do next? And You'd have to verify you, it with what you do. Yeah, yeah. But what if you purposely try to it do something else? But you can't do something else because it's going to search an infinite number of things. In the no, 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 no. But like, let's source say source code is an infinite number of things, and you're going to search against it. What so if you, you wanted do? to prove what's se- if you wanted to prove that the set is working at least for the time being, the set can't work. No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen to this. So if you have a person in a room and you say. This set has predicted every keystroke you have made for the last hour and a half. That has no predicted... Right, right, wait, wait, wait. For the last hour and a half. Now, the next keystroke you're going to make, it says, based on the next... Well, you could say for the next 10 minutes, you're going to make these keystrokes in this particular order. Some unimaginable order that would be so impossibly hard to, like, a, a number of... Keystrokes that would be improbable for someone to remember, right? For the next hour and a half, these are the keystrokes you will make. And you tell them. And you also tell them, do not make these keystrokes. Make different keystrokes. And if they still make the exact combination of those keystrokes, then you know you're in a predictive set. So that's also how you prove whether or not free will exists. At least for some chunk of time. Some oh, chunk of time, the, the, so for as far as you've researched the set, as you've observed it, it has been true, right? So if I say you're going to do W, J, and L, and I say don't do W, J, and L, because that's what the set is saying you will do next, and then you do W, J, and L regardless of me telling you not to do it, and then if you don't trust other people doing it, you ask yourself to do it. I don't think that's logical. It doesn't make sense. I don't think so. Trippy. It was totally up to probability whether or not once you tell someone that, that they will. But that's what I'm saying. It, it, that's the question it will answer. Is it, it up like to probability? That wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be a good a good way to test probability, like whether or not. I don't know that I would believe the results of that experiment. I feel like that seems like a questionable experiment. What a, so if you give someone an inordinately large amount of keystrokes to make that have no. Like you say, you it, this thing says you're well, going to do this. What's the predictive model? What lies underneath all of this has to be a model of reality that it's easy to predict. And that's what all of this hinges on. No, no, no. There is no... So it's not that it's predicting reality well, at problem. all. It's that's that, exactly it's the that, problem. It's that... No, no, you're still searching listen. infinite sets every time. You can't do it through searching infinite sets. No, no, no sets. listen. You have to have a model. Listen, there, the model exists within the infinite set, right? So I don't know if it does. So if reality is written out, let's, let's say that like everything that will happen... It asks, a, it asks a more fundamental question about time. 
So, like, let's just say that physics can predict what particles will do to an exact accuracy if it was good enough, right? If we were if we were able to understand all the everything that we need to know about I- every individual particle at once, we could predict every possible direction it could go in, even in the quantum states. So, if there was something in language that could describe a generalization of that, like someone will press W. Right, embedded within that would be the lo- the same logic of the universe. That might be an assumption too, though. I'm not sure if that's right. But, but you see what I'm saying? That's an interesting point. Yeah, so if I it say that it, somewhere in this infinite set is exactly what is going to happen in the future. It's already written out. Guaranteed, because you can always go back and search it, like the next day. You can always find it there, and you can search it the day before. You know it's there, but you don't know if that's the truth, right? So, so the f- way to find out if it's the truth is to literally tell someone, "Hey, this is what so far the predictive model has been correct. We've been secretly looking at it, not telling you that it, you've been pressing the keys that it's telling you to press. So it's a blind thing, and we're watching you press W, and it's saying Jared presses W, and this we found a string of things that tells you exactly what you're going to do." And so far, it's been correct. Now, to test this, to test this string, we know what you're going to press next. We're going to tell you what it is. And then they also do the same thing for a different person, but they don't tell them what it is, if you wanted to be more scientific about it. And then, but we're also going to ask you to not press those buttons. We're going to ask you to press these buttons instead. And if they press the buttons, or the keys that the predictive set has said, told, that says that they will press, instead of the keys that they have been instructed to press, then it's possible that the predictive set is correct. Especially if you gave the inverse information to the other participant, and then they still press the keys that they were supposed to press. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that's interesting to think about. So you, you kind of subdivide, and it's, it's not that it's completely, it's not that it's going to uh, predict correctly a future set of keys. It's that for this particular fragment, we can prove that within the next amount of time in this text, that this is what will happen. However you do it. Well, we can prove it by, based on the observation, right? And then, and then the question is, does it be... Well, this is there's why you can prove a, it is because like the infinite why... Of the next instance. How could a person, especially if you told them, like, press W... Right, this algor- and this they don't this press W, and they press J because the thing said that they would press J. How would they know to press J? And then it's an inordinately long amount of strings. So they're they're pressing J, K, two, three, four, five, one hundred and thirty-two, and then you told them to just press three things, but they keep pressing the, the exact string of those numbers. There's always an infinite number of next words in this lexical thing. Or what happens? What happens when you? What happens when? There's always an infinite number of next, the next thing, or however many words there are, maybe is the bound, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to search against that, and you have to test it against reality to know what happened. And you're always going to have. No, I see what you're saying. I see, I see that. But I guess if you wanted to I test, I don't know how it ever becomes predictive. I don't know where the jump is because you're always testing it against current now. And you have an infinite set every next time to search. If it's if it's just based, you, there has to be a. I model. know what you're saying. There has to be a model underneath this more than just words. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess the model I'm asserting to is that if a person is instructed to do something different and they do what the model is saying, 
for that period of time, you know that that model is going to be correct. You don't know that, though. Well, so here's what you do because know. Because you don't have a model. Well, you, you have you an know, infinite array so here, here, of models. Here you go. Uh, this string of information that's being read is... How do I say this? It's it's more predictive. <coughs> not predictive. It's that... It doesn't... So this is what it does. It, it doesn't tell you that you're on the correct information, but it tells you that you're closer to the correct information than anywhere else, at least for this given period of time that it's happening. That's only if the model that it's, that it's operating on is already, like, all-knowing enough to... It has to have direction... Well, we have to make the we have to make the assumption that there is a there is a string of words that says exactly what this person is going to do during this minute, right? And that could be anywhere in the in hindsight. There would be an exact set. Yes. So that's what you're asking the thing to find is: can you find within this given time a set that's predictive of what will happen? And then, if you can find a set that's predictive of what will happen, because you tell someone to not do that thing then you know you're closer to a set that's going to say what's correct next. Maybe. Maybe. I st- but I do see what you're saying, because you still open up <coughs> the possibility that the set just goes into gibberish after that. I think you guys are representing an AI trying to solve this problem. Oh, my and God. That would be this, really When the AI <laughs> tries to solve this exact problem, it goes back and forth between, like, it's it's, like, infinitely conflicting itself and that's what the fuck you do you've been saying the same shit for a half hour we really have we've been talking about you've been saying this you guys have been like giving the same point for 30 minutes and like using slightly (laughs) different words and like honing in on this thing yeah but it is a fundamental like it's a non sequitur like he's he's right it can't be predictive. No, I disagree. <laughs> I, I think disagree. I, I think, think he's 100% right. I think the... Um, but it can be potentially more useful than current models. I think the, 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 it could... I don't know whether or not it would work. Because the current models work the same way. Assumption. You don't know if the model's going to work again. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all up in the air. So the because same models that we use to predict like anything... Words. Yeah, well, the same models that we use to predict anything, so long as the set is unknown, like what's going to happen in the stock market tomorrow, questions like that are large sets that have many variables. You can, yeah, look at the numbers and say, well, there's a trend that shows that this is possible with all this mathematics and blah, blah, blah. But equally possible is if the this string of things that listed exactly how the stock market closed every day for the last 50 years you can, and, and it's been right for the last week and a half. I can imagine this since you started thing. looking at it. I can imagine this spooky thing like that. But yeah, I, it's probably more predictive than any other model, or just as predictive. Because yeah, there's still the, the massive uncertainty of what will happen next. But what if you, you have an entire it's model? History. It's not like the lexical thing. It, that that that's like the separation. This is like the that's a separate concept of imagining that good of a model of reality as opposed to, um, like, 
searching an infinite set of uh, like words in a string. Yeah, you will. You wouldn't be searching the entire set just to find what will happen tomorrow every time. You would say, you would ask it what you'd say. You would literally have to go into this this book or whatever it is, this le- the thing, and find sets of strings that say this is the closing of the stock market for 1984, blah, 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 did the date, and then you'd have to do it for the next, like, like a week and a half, right? And then you'd have to check that string of characters against the next week and a half. Now, the one, but the where you want to look is the one that's predicted the entire history of the stock market and is currently predicting day after day what's happening next. So the best predictive model, even though the next day could but be complete that, rubbish. But, but this takes us, the initial problem is using like infinite sets. Like whenever you talk about like infinite Because there's going to still be an infinite number of one yeah, things. There will be an those infinite strings. new set of things connected to the last set the day before. Like the second yeah. before, however often it calculates. Yes. And then we will keep getting closer and closer. You will keep having in that in that, that exact never, in yeah. that exact moment you'll have the most accurate description of reality ever for all of the past. But I don't know how you get into the future because when you run the simulation again, you're going to get an infinite array you're right. of possibilities. You're right. What if you create an I an AI whose job it is suck my dick. Is to create, to create the future. What if you create? <laughs> I've talked. We've talked about that before. It ju- the AI's job is to literally understand time create to a fundamental the next level. Universe. Yeah, to like literally create. I think time there's a short story about that. Actually. Really, I've never read it, but I've heard people talk. Imagine about AI it. getting smart enough, or it's like just understands time so fundamentally that like it's like, oh yeah, this is just a thing I can manipulate now, and I now because I can ma- manipulate it in the future. If you can start to manipulate time, you have to become the future. <clears throat> so as if you so choose to engage with it, I guess. You could be completely ambivalent to it, and you could just watch it happen or unfold as it does. But that's like the question of free will. If you can start to control the future, where does the will part come in? What is you controlling it? Yeah, and do, can you be within the time frame that's happening? Can, you, can we control our timeline? Do you ever meditate and notice your thoughts coming out of this black dark place like that black box that you can't see into that's your subconscious and think holy shit i don't understand well yeah well i'm just happening does it seem like that we were that's what we were talking about earlier here's even what's creepier right is that same concept but the thoughts aren't us so these things are just uttering out of gelatin sacked entities that like to fuck each other Right, and if you don't control, and then your somehow control it just anything. builds the universe. Eventually, <laughs> somehow, yeah. somehow, over enough iterations, these bubbling combinations. And by the way, a lot of people don't have an internal dialogue. That's what I hear, which is weird. That Zephyr was a crazy like, oh, thing fuck. to learn. No, <laughs> 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 no, dude, that would freak me out, dude. There was someone was on like, like a I Twitch stream. I don't think that his girlfriend, like they were reading about that, and. He's like, did you know? Like, he's talking to his girlfriend. He's like, like reading it. It's like, a lot of people don't experience an internal dialogue. And she's like, what's that? And he's like, it's like where you, they watch the whole YouTube video about it. And she's like, wait. 
wait, what are you talking? Were you saying that people actually can hear themselves inside their head? And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. That'll ruin your relationship, dude. It, it looked like it was about to. She, and she like broke down. She's like, what? I can't do that. And he's like, what do you what mean? mean? Like, how do you think? She's like, I think when I talk. I talk to think. That is the thinking. It happens as I say things. And he's like, you don't have a voice in your head that's like kind of contemplating like, oh, what should I eat for dinner? He's like, no. Thinking words. I just feel hungry and I go and eat things. And you're like, oh, well, you're an NPC. When you say to someone, <laughs> yeah, you do you think in words and they say no, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think then as far as I understand it. I think That's weird. I think more, like I can think in words, but I think in like, pictorial archetypes of things and then I like diminish it down to words. Does that make sense? Wouldn't even like generalization of wouldn't even inducing words. the concept of an internal dialogue to somebody create that internal dialogue Not necessarily because you'd have to have the the neural structure to do so. So some people literally just don't have the structure in their brain. Like the synapses aren't like there to do it. What if they're misunderstanding the question or something? Yeah, like, what if a lot of people so fundamentally misunderstand? They might be so it. dumb that they're like, I don't hear voices in my head. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but no, because like the way the video explains it is very concrete. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I it's very hard to around. like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you, it's like a scientific definition. And like they can like prove based on like probably like neuroimaging that you can't do it. Like it's like a physical ability. Like it's literally like just like you're not being able to like roll your tongue. That's you know, scary, dude. Should we kill all these people? Probably. <laughs> I wonder what percentage of people can't do that. Honestly, uh, I hope zero like, in I, America in twenty twenty three. Bro, I like. What if it is like sixty <laughs> percent of Vote people? For yeah, that's my political campaign. <laughs> I bet it's seventy percent of people. Because seventy percent of people take a creativity test and they're not creative at all. They score zero. That means 30% of people are doing all the creative lifting for the entire planet. And the other 70% are just like, yeah. Well, it's probably a tiny fraction of that 30% too. That Yeah, that even get the ability to have any influence. Technically, if it's the 30%, it would be 80% of that 30% would have no impact. 20%, it's like a Pareto distribution. 20% yeah. would actually have all of the impact. <coughs> And then, and then that's fractal. Maybe twenty percent of that twenty yeah. percent has the most effect. Yeah, just like wealth, or like there's twenty percent of people are very very wealthy, but twenty percent of that like twenty percent are extremely wealthy. Like they are way wealthier than those people, and then it goes up until you just the distribution kind of flattens out, like it flatlines. So you can't go up in wealth because there's not enough wealth kind of like flattens out at that point well there's only one richest person in the world it's not necessarily true because you can't determine infinite richest people yeah because you gotta look at assets so you, you assets are all determined based on assumptions of what that that wealth means right and those assumptions vary based on demographic so y you might have like an oil mine somewhere like, you can say the richest dollar amount someone has, like the U.S. dollar, you can say that this person has the most U.S. dollars 
that exist, right? And as far as that's calculable and to our understanding, but you can't say that they're the richest because someone could have assets that are that 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 diminish the amount of dollars they have by magnitudes. Like if you own a country, that's a that's a almost an immeasurably rich asset. So China or Xi Jinping might be the richest person in the world just because by the nature of his assets and his political power, he has domain over things that are just unfathomable to to that would Elon. Be the richest person in the world. Right? Well, it depends because like, is Putin the richest? I mean, whoever it is, there's a person who and has the most assets. Well, it's not what you got. It, the value of the asset is what changes based on who is evaluating it. You see what I'm saying? You could say that the, the numerical value of a U.S. dollar in this particular time point, this person is the richest person. But that fluctuates 100 million times a second based on, like, day trading. Like, there's people in the stock market that literally, on the fractions of fractions of pennies, are trading quantities that are unheard of, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're betting, like, oh, this is, like, a fraction of a fraction of a penny more valuable than that thing. But if the richest person has so much more wealth than the rest of the 80% of that 20% that they're just, like, amplitude higher, like... That person is richer than anyone else by by magnitudes beyond whatever the second richest person is. <coughs> if if you take the No, because that's what I'm saying, that's why it flattens out. So the second richest person and the first richest person okay. might be the richest person. You know what I mean? And ter- the scale doesn't say that there's a person. Twenty percent just means there is an accumulation of wealth among a small group of people. 20%, so the Pareto distribution says 80% of the wealth in the world is divided against, you know, 80% of the population of the planet. The other 80% of the wealth of the world is divided amongst the 20% of people on the planet, and the other 20% of the wealth of the world is divided amongst the 80%. That's what the, defa- the Pareto distribution is saying. So does that make sense? Yeah. 80% uh, of the world's wealth goes to 20% of the people. 20% of the world's wealth goes to 80% of the people. <coughs> so we have to divide 20% of the world's wealth amongst 80% of the population of the planet. And then, basically, the Pareto distribution doesn't say, like, oh, yeah, you get down to an individual. It just says there is... 20 more percent. So if you want to scale up and, you, and you're talking about the 20% of the richest people, you're saying 20% of the wealth among the richest people is allocated to some subset of entities. And I guess you could technically get down to an individual level, but if assets are what's being measured by wealth at that point, then you're going to be constantly fluctuating between many different individuals who own a lot of things because the asset value keeps changing infinitely. Otherwise, there would probably be a king of the planet. You know what I mean? Because then so. they would just own everything. They would own so much more of everything. Yeah, so that the Pareto distribution breaks down the higher you go up the chain of people who have the um, largest amount of the world. Makes sense. There's like... A flat line. Once you get to <clears> the 
poorest of the poor. Like, you can't get more poor than being Having poor. no money. Yeah, and that's a lot of people. Yeah. That have no money. Yeah. So you can't say, like, oh, you're the poorest guy. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Because a lot of people have zero money. Yeah, so it just runs out. Like, And then when you get to the point where money isn't what your wealth is about, and it's assets, now you can't define how rich someone is. <clears throat> All right, what time is it? It's like too late to go out. It's a good end of the podcast. That is a good end of the podcast. Um, Thank you for watching the Go Show. fucking conversation right there. Hell yeah. I want to run an idea by you before the podcast is over. Just okay. really quick. I was thinking about um, <coughs> capitalism and... Uh, uh, it's the other one, Marxism, and or yeah, it's Marxism, communism. Thank you. Um, so there's a period. So I was thinking about this, and I came to this conclusion that capitalism and communism are two two sides of the same coin, right? Fundamentally, so the people who believe in capitalism believe, like literally, I looked at the definition. It's 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 a uh, It's a government, but technically it's not a government. It's an economy in which all of the business in that economy is ran by people who own industry, by a private individual, for profit. It literally says for profit in how capitalism works. The only gain, the only thing that people, in terms of like the pure definition of capitalism, that you create an industry as a private individual for profit. Not like for the betterment of society, but for profit, only to gain money. And then for communism, is basically, there's stages to communism, which makes it a little bit different, where you ha- communism doesn't exist unless you already have a system in place of it, because a revolution has to take place. Mm. Unless you want to get into like really deep Marxist theory, where mm. the state of the universe, they like use like, quantum physics to try to explain why communism is the perfect ideology, which is, like, really goofy to me, but like, everything is shared amongst all things because that's how physics works. And, like, <laughs> then why did physics ever make it unequal? <laughs> you, you know? But, uh, but there's a few books out there that try to explain communism as the perfect ideology because of physics, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anyways, um, But communism, basically, you start with a revolution, and then you have the dictatorship of the proletariat. The proletariat is the person who is the worker, the working class, right? And then so, as the working class, you revolt against the current system to to, uh, gain all of the stuff back for the proletariat that the bourgeoisie, the capitalists, have acquired over the, the time of them having private industry. Right, so there's no private industry in communism; it can't exist. However, to get to the communist state, the pure communist state, you have to go through the process of the dictatorship of the proletariat. There has to be a revolution, and you have to elect people who, in the doctrine, are supposed to be able to be recallable immediately. It literally says that recallable immediately. <clears throat> But you you vest all of your power in as the worker to these people. 
on the promise that they will deliver communism eventually when the revolution ends. And, th- and the promise is that they will give back all the power you gave them to create rules and like regisla- legislation to, to basically redistribute all of the wealth back to the working class. So that's what the power you're giving them. And the promise they give you is like you say, hey, you give us this power to, to rev- revolt for you. And when the re- revolution's over, we will give you all of the money from the bourgeoisie back. And we will make things equal, equal and it will be, it'll be a classless society. Right, there'd be no classes because the there is everyone has the same amount of money. Like everyone has the same entitlement to everything that anyone else does. Is the premise like you grew a potato? That's my potato now. If I want it, same though for me. Like if I grew a potato now, it's your potato. We're classless, right? I can't say that no, this is my potato, and you need to give me something for it. There can't be any trade because now I'm a private business owner. You know what I'm saying? So that's a fundamental assertion of communism. Everything is for everybody. Everyone does something for someone else. Um, in, in, implicit, <coughs> like literally like without knowing that they're doing it. Right? You don't have to do it on purpose for other people. You implicitly do it. Now, here's what I've come to the conclusion of is in a capitalist society, the promise is that you vote with your dollar. That's the promise, right? That is the thing that you buy into. Well, in a capitalist society, you give all of the power to the people who run the industry because inevitably they will have more money than the government. So they become the government, essentially, through indirect influence. <clears throat> so you're giving all of your money to the capitalist business owners, the trade, the, and their only thing is for a profit. That's their only. That is literally in the doctrine. That they are only here for profit, and they will manipulate the government by any means necessary to gain more profit. That is in the doctrine of capitalism. <laughs> That's literally how it works, which is <clears throat> actually kind of scary when you think about it. But they promise you that the dollar is so powerful that you can vote with your dollar. So give us all of the power by buying the stuff that we make because we'll make good stuff for you. And if we stop making good stuff for you, I guess you just don't pay for our stuff anymore. You vote with your dollar. Well, we all know that that promise doesn't work, especially when they start influencing policies that make things bad for people. And then you have things like Amazon where it becomes the only way you can even get anything now is through a company like that. So they they give you the illusion that you can vote. What? Yeah, but eventually the convenience because like Amazon uses its capital influence to buy up smaller and smaller places. And people pick that over the smaller places, though. Yeah, they they're pick, voting with their dollar. So not necessarily though, because someone who would want to use the other place can no longer use the other place because it's gone out of business. So yeah, your okay. choice becomes limited. But that's a, like the, but those yeah. people are outnumbered by the people who wanted to use Amazon. It wasn't enough to keep that place afloat. Yeah, but there isn't enough context <laughs> given in the terms of the vote, right? So, and then eventually, they can pass laws because of their influence uh-huh. of the dollar. So, indir- you're indirectly supporting things that you can't you can't know the context of how you're voting. So, it's not a vote anymore. You're just now you're forced to give people your dollar because that's how you live, right? 
I can't vote on my electrical company. That's just who I get to pick, right, for electricity. But that's, like, there's usually some sort of government, like... Are we planning on... They're private industries that are given... you want to go after this? <laughs> I mean, I guess, if there's, like, anything to do. It's, like, already 11. Yeah. I gotta giddy up. It's, like, 10.06. Oh. It's kind of still late, though, right? Is it? <coughs> I don't know. I uh, usually don't usually stay out as late as... I don't think it's too late to go out if you're, like... I don't know how late you guys usually stay out. We have to work. I just feel like anything at, like, after, like, one is really boring and lame. And it's almost one in my mind. Yeah. If you go out at ten, you get there at, like, ten thirty. You'd, like, leave. By, like, why would we only go out for an hour? Yeah. <coughs> okay. Let's... Let's uh, wrap it up. But so here's my point: is in the in the <coughs> what you call it system, the capitalist system, you vote with your dollar. But then the flip side of that coin, in the communist system, you vote with the promise. You vote with your power as a worker, but with the promise that the power will be given back. Same thing in capitalism. The promise is that the power is within your dollar to decide how things are done because we are the industry. The industry kind of creates everything that you need. And then the people that you elect in the dictatorship of the proletariat are the ones who own the media, who own everything. You give them that power as a worker with the promise that they will give it back to you. The same thing happens in capitalism, but you do it with your dollar instead of this revolutionary force. And so what ends up really happening in my mind is they are... The same people. <laughs> they are the exactly... The people who are super capitalist are the exactly the same as the people who are super communist. Because the process by which the power is distributed is always on a promise that can never be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Because the goal at which either thing is trying to achieve doesn't exist. It can't exist. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. I, thought I, was <laughs> I was like, I think, yeah, the well, like Braden was saying, the logic kind of breaks down once you get to the extreme. Yeah, and and for the only way those systems work is at their extreme. They will always become. They'll always lean towards their extreme, right? Yeah. When they start to be implemented, communism just as communism seems less viable, but I think that's just because. I mean. It's Not necessarily. It depends on the time frame. Well, communism, like, there has to be a revolution for communism. So it's see, yeah, already it seems like communism employs a narrative, like the a, a, like a specific string of events has to occur that make it like pretty much impossible. You're giving all the power to someone and then telling them, like, after once you retain, once you acquire all this power, give it away. And do it in a way so that everybody Everyone's gets equal. the same amount of power. It just is logical. Yeah, it seems it's, it's more literally illogical. illogical. It literally it can't happen. That's not how people work. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But they think that like oh, once you overthrow the government with these principles, you just give all these people power over the internet, the the media, media industry, public services. You just like, give that to those people because they're fighting for you. You don't think that they're gonna? You think they're gonna give it back? What does even give it back mean? How do they give it back? They just create a new set of rules, and the only way that they continue to exist or even do anything for you is by you. It, it turns into capitalism because you still have to give them your money, mm. 
because those things still have to, during the revolution, have to be bought or made, and people aren't going to do things for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even in a capitalist, re- even in a communist revolution, things aren't going to happen on, on a trust-to-trust <coughs> basis. You can't make a tank with trust. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. This is kind of like... Uh, it's so dumb. And then I was like, well, maybe the the bad rock of like a... a, a Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we can all agree communism is coming. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That's the end of the Go Show. Thank you for watching. Uh, love you all. Have a great night. Love you, people, and other things. Uh, yeah. Can I take a hit of that before you go? Yeah. Is there still weed in here? Uh, I don't. I haven't been s- smoking it. There's more weed right there that I can.